Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Yes, you did. Hello. It's me, Peter. Oh, God. Don't start over. I need to just find my 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 voice. <laughs> this is a great episode. This is the Dane Cook episode. That's what we'll do. Katie, let's release the Dane Cook episode tomorrow. Very excited uh, uh, that Dane came in and we had a lovely chat and uh, an unexpected chat and, and a fun time and a fun. A very. <laughs> what am I doing? You're gonna. You're already listening to it. I don't have to sell you on it. Here is the tour dates that are coming up. I'm going to Melbourne. Uh, that's going to be crazy. March 27th through April 7th. A nice long trip in uh, Melbourne. So come and see me as part of the Melbourne Comedy Festival. That's going to be a great. Um, I'm going to Calgary which is in Canada, (laughs) April 12th through the 13th at Yuck Yucks in Calgary. That's going to be great. Performing at a place called Yuck Yucks. Feels very old school. I hope you come out. Come out to Yuck Yucks. (laughs) It's fun to say. Uh, The Fillmore on April 20th, 420 Bro, Miami Beach. That's two shows. Moon Tower in Austin, Texas, April 24th through the 27th. I'll be there that whole time. Come see a show there. And I'm doing the uh, Bloomington Comedy Festival, the Limestone Comedy Fest, June 7th and 8th in Bloomington, Indiana. Always a great time there when we were at the attic, and I will be back those dates doing some stuff, doing shows with Doug Benson, doing some podcasts. To support the show, youmadeitweird.com, buy some t-shirts, buy some stickers, buy uh, a You Made It Movies episode on iTunes. That's a fun way to support the show. Let's do that intro, too. The Doug Benson episode isn't out yet because I forgot to record an intro, so let's do that right after this. Enjoy the episode, friends and weirdos. This is where the magic doesn't happen. (laughs) That's great. <laughs> I know I, I should be upset or something, but I just, I really I, like I that. I had a manager, <laughs> and I'm not going to say his name, but probably by doing the impression, you'll know. I, I have would, one guess. We would go into a, a meeting, and he would always, he had like stock lines to like warm our meeting up. <laughs> you know, so we'd be at like Warner Brothers, and he'd literally walk into the big conference room, and he'd always do the same thing. He'd walk up to the table and go... The blood isn't dry on this table yet. Oh, God. <laughs> Why can't we say who that is? <laughs> um, that's super funny. I only said one thing to that man. That man whom you speak of. Yes. I saw him once. It was at, at, when I was performing at the Boston. I also only said one word. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Because I know a good Dane Cook, that man story. Can okay. we just say it's very, very Kathy? We're not being disparaging. We had, two, we, had, uh, we had enough good that we can mention the, the bad. Oh yes, sure. Okay, I just remember somebody else, somebody else's client of of Barry's said to him he was leaving him, and and he said why, and he said because if uh, if like I was having a meltdown before I went on Letterman or something, and Dane lost <laughs> his luggage in Tacoma, you'd be on the first plane to Tacoma. So you've had Jay Moore on the show. <laughs> Did he say, was he a bitter? Was he a bitter Betty? Oh, for a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is one of these? Yes, teas my bad boys. Let, let me tell you, this one has agave. They didn't have honey. This is agave, and this is none. Um, whatever's I, plain. Whatever this is plain. Most, agave most is a sweetener made from cactus, but you wanted honey. That'll work. Do you, is that for your voice? That was my first thought. 
I've been doing this voiceover for the last couple of weeks. Is that right? And um, it, it's it's been pretty strenuous. Not only because I'm I'm doing like action voice sequences, but I'm also doing. Uh, I was doing the shows at night, and then the weather started like went hot, cold. Sure, hot. sure. Um, but mostly just from the the intense uh, vocal exercises that I'm doing. You're, so you're talking a lot, a lot, a lot. This is something that interests me because I stand-up isn't singing, right? Are we doing this? You can, it, yeah, we're doing started, this? Oh, yeah. I love it. I see what you did there, you son of a bitch. We're just doing this. <laughs> this is where the magic doesn't happen. That'll be on it, too. Oh, great. You started to say, you're recording the moment that I pulled in. I really, I really like the opening moments. That's great. He's got me calling my doctor before and just checking up on him. I went time wearing Dave Chappelle on the phone with an airline, which I thought was really funny because he was like, Chappelle? C H A. I'm like, it was at the height of Chappelle's show. I wanted him to just go, Chappelle show. One way ticket, Africa. <laughs> that was, was the that flight. The that was, was the, the flight he was booking. <laughs> Hello, there's Zimbabwe. Didn't I gotta that. get out of here. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I'm out. Neil, stay here. I love giving Neil. Neil, Neil. Stay- <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. You can put uh, these on if you want. I can? Well, you've been in a voiceover booth. You know. I, know. I mean, you might but not. I can hear you, you. Might not want them. I like hearing. The, <laughs> I like being able to hear the show as oh, it's okay. happening. Oh, really? Is there something else that's going to be? There's going to be like password <laughs> type yeah. clues happening. Tick, 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 tick. I'll ask you questions, and there's a heartbeat that plays. <laughs> very intense. When we talk about my childhood, I hear a baby start yes. to cry. And stuff. I have oh. sound bites from Arlington, this Massachusetts. Cr- oh, you do? You know your pictures up at the Arlington House of Pizza? Is that right? I find that to be your most impressive credit. <laughs> Yeah, especially since I never hung out there. I didn't feel welcome. I didn't feel welcome there either. Those sons of bitches. It's up. It might it's not always be. the places that you you felt like you had no Ken, uh, oh, no, yes. no love, no re- respect, uh, rapport with that always wants to be like, he used to come in here, burnt the roof of his mouth on one of our cheesy steaks. I'm waiting for that to happen. I'm 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 looking forward to that. Fuck them. They didn't give me shit. But I actually remember going in there to pick up a pizza and I looked I literally had a moment. There's something about that it's hometown recognition. Look, we got a lot of irons in the fire. We got berry. I was gonna tell you about low quat syrup. And now we're talking about Arlington House of Pizza. Do I also get a notepad to, yeah. to would jot you like, down would copious you like, notes? Would you like no, no, no. You could have a sheet of my old notes and yeah. guess who the It'd be guest great the was. whole time, everything. We're just not really listening, we're just writing down <laughs> Sus- and we always look suspect as we're writing. Like, hmm. And that's where we go, the dee doo dee doo in the heartbeat. <laughs> I legitimately saw that photo of you up at Arlington House of And may I ask, what is the photo? Because that always fascinates me because it's usually yeah, it's like a an terrible old, headshot. I believe it's you in the Arlington House of Pizza. I believe I don't it's believe a it. yeah, It's me in another pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> it's you acting in a movie eating pizza. <laughs> You'll look close. It's not their style of pizza. It's a Greek pizza. It's a Chicago style It's actually pizza. near that Greek place. I'm. I might be wrong. It, it might be Nick's place. Okay, wait a second. Because there was a few. I worked. I managed you, a couple of pizza places back. Nick's place. Um. No. No. But I. I <laughs> but they changed names. So I don't know. Maybe something that was Nick's place. No, Nick's later. place was Nick's place when I was a boy. I don't know. I just remember I worked at a few different pizza places, but never. Uh, but I never really hung because that's where everybody went after school. Yes, and uh, I felt uh, I felt an enormous amount of anxiety. Yeah. as I thought of approaching that place because Me too. I, I didn't I didn't feel that uh, 
I was uh, I was w- welcome in the in, yeah. the in that world. Ours at that was time. Cafe A in Harvard Square. Do you remember that? It's remember where Newberry Comics is in the yes. in the, in the ga- garage. Yeah, you there feel a- close near comic books. <laughs> I need to be near them. You know, that, that's actually false. I do like that world, but this, this is just a little bit of a... I don't currently read comic books, Dane. That is... Uh, that's sad. That I don't? Oh, yeah. do you enjoy them? From time to time. I still like to, but... I just don't want to be put in the nerdist box where all the comic books are. <sighs> yeah, I would not put you there. I would definitely... Because uh... when I did Jay Moore's podcast, he kept giving me shit. Speaking did he? of Jay Moore. For being the nerd, nerdist. It's... Oh, is that... That's what this network is. Yeah. See, I don't think of you that way at all, but... Thank you. We'll, we'll talk about that way and I have you on my podcast. <laughs> you have a podcast? Uh, no, but I should. Oh. <laughs> well, point. yeah, we need to get awareness out there. Behind the times. <laughs> I still want to know what horrible... Oh, so it was a picture of me in the Pete's Place. I believe it was. Okay. And I think it, it was it was near that Greek place on the... It's on Mass Ave. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point was I literally saw it and, you know, you've done a lot of amazing things, but I saw that pizza photo and I was like, Jesus, someday... <laughs> Not the, not the cover of Mad Magazine. No. Nope. Were you on the cover of Mad Magazine? Yes. Who drew you? Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Was it, one, it, it must have been. Uh, I guess there's only the one guy that I would even recognize the name. It, and I think he's dead. It certainly looked, uh, you know, the part of all those covers. Did and, they razz you? Of course they. Well, I never read the what inside. What was it called? Bane Cook? Uh, no, no. They had it's. It, it had me on the cover, <laughs> character doing the Sufi, and then Alfred E. Newman doing the Sufi, and it's in his nostrils. No, that is it's huge. Just yeah, yeah. There it is, right there. Look. Holy shit! That's and it's you, a flattering drawing. Yeah, I was more of a cracked guy myself. No, you weren't. Actually, were I you? did. I collected Mad and Cracked, and <laughs> I was a big Spy versus Spy fan. That, well, that's Mad. Now we're back to Mad. But I actually just wrote. Uh, mad reached out and had a bunch of people that were. Um, uh, on their cover and, and reached out to a bunch of us and said, would you write about your experience being on the cover of Mad? So they sent me a bunch of excerpts. J.J. Abrams wrote, uh, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone, all these yeah, people. So yeah, yeah. I, I wrote what about my story about uh, Mad Magazine. And basically what I said in it was I was so, uh, uh, like, flattered to the point of, like, it seemed like a, a goof to me. Yeah, I was like, no, this yeah, is a fake mock-up. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. really here. Yeah. But I knew to not read what was inside because they are so evil. There was it, a piece on you as well. It wasn't just piece. the cover. <laughs> yes. And I don't know what that piece is. I refuse to read that piece. Dane be- Crook. Because. It's got to be something. It's a wordplay. That's good. Yeah. It's probably <laughs> it's that. Good. That's yeah. good. That. Uh, so no, no it's not even more. It's not even that. It's not even so much the, the verbal content. I, again, kind of just coming from oh. such an insecure, I had a lot of, Self-image problems when I was a kid. Yes. I had a lot of uh, problems with just uh, uh, almost a dysmorphia. Yeah. And I knew at that, that would time. would bring it all back. Because they, they make you look horrendous. Of if course. you have one pimple, you, now you yeah, have yeah, 40. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah, have yeah. A, a, a slightly large oh, nose, now you've got a with... honker. Yes. And, yeah, I so... have moles and a big head. I, they actually did draw me in a Mad Magazine once. They did. Yeah. And you but it the... wasn't. I don't want you to think that I'm going for tit for tat here. You're, Why you're, <laughs> because it was just they just. Uh, what do you mean? You're, we're in an attic of a comic book store, Pete. <laughs> I will go tit for tat with you, sir. You were on the cover, and, I, and me and the, and Kumail and a bunch of other local guys, yeah. without our names, were drawn in a thing about stand-up comics. It was very inside. Okay, no one would have known it was us. But it was cool because you guys were you. You could we identify knew. yourself. We knew it was us, and they drew me like Renee Zellweger, which is kind of what I look like. <laughs> That works. Tell me about the body dysmorphia. That's in, you know this show. This is the show where we get into it. Um, 
And again, I wouldn't say full-on dysmorphia. My understanding of that is like the the levels of kind of torture one can do to themselves and the amount of hours that people seem to, uh, you know, just pick themselves apart. And and it's I guess it's brutal. But for me, it uh, I suffered from horrible acne. I was uh, from what age? Junior high school, seventh grade, right? Yeah, about seventh or eighth grade. I'm just and, going with the other. People. And it and it was like, it, it was like gang. It was like the worst. Uh, you know, just I, I remember waking up one morning and, and feeling like uh, one of those um, special effects uh, guys during industrial the light and magic. Yeah, they had came been and there. They, they put some kind of. Um, alien being, <laughs> like uh, you know, and, and they're really good. It, it, it was it was like literally in one night, I one just night waking up and feeling like, wow, this is a problem. And then it just got worse and worse. And so by the end of my junior high school experience, I was like a, a hermit. I was like a total uh, recluse. I wouldn't really? have gone to school if I didn't have to go to school. Is I that, hated it. Oh my I hated God. being out in public. And that was the beginning of. Uh, I mean, I was also a really shy kid, and all the stuff that kind of goes with. What you probably hear about a lot of you know comics earlier on, you know, we sure. just have a lot of self problems. I still do. Yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you fare? We'll get back to high school, but how do you fare with like Hollywood parties and stuff? Because those those are anxious for me mm. as well. Just host them. Make sure they're yours. <laughs> then people you like and enjoy are there. And, uh, and yeah, I, I don't do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I like to hit a couple of the ones where you know that a lot of people that you admire. Are going to be so right. that you can look as cool as you can, but you can bring a friend to be like, oh, yeah, those are fun. Yeah, yeah no, those, those are fun. Yeah, yeah, those are the only ones you should really be right, right, right. Uh, truly. You know attending. what freaks me out is the one the word where, schmooze uh, is like, uh, oh, that came up on the show recently yeah. where a guy came up to me at the improv, uh, where, where, where I met you, where I see you most of the time. Someone came up to me and I was like, what are you up to? Are you on the show? Just making small talk. I wasn't sniffing and being like, why are you here? Are you performing? I don't do that. I'm just like, what's up, man? I had nothing to say to him. And he was like, I'm just networking. And I was like, you got, don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop saying yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's really horrible. <laughs> was Nobody the... should be using that jargon. No. I'm networking. No, I'm, I'm schmoo- schmoozing. It's a schmooze fest. I'm, yeah. I'm hosting a schmooze fest. Yeah. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. But when I do go to those things, I still... You know that that stuff never. Uh, it, it, uh, Larry Moss is a really incredible uh, acting instructor mm-hmm. out here, and uh, what's his name? Moss. Larry Moss. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you can read anything by Larry Moss, and he has uh, you know little seminars, you can hire him one on one, all that stuff, and he, he's he's like. He's like one of the guys. He's like one of the few, you know, people that the, the word on the street is his nickname is like the Oscar guy. Like people really? call him when they they need, uh, you know, when they really want to get into the the deep deep symbolism and the the you know the way back of character and things of that nature. And, so yes, um, so uh, my former manager Barry Katz for one of my birthdays gave me the gift of a two hour um, session with Larry Moss. <laughs> You have to grind it out with this rigorous teacher. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Don't come out till you're excellent. I was yeah, looking back. It's like, well, employee of the month had just come out. <laughs> That's you, what I call hair acting. Uh, you, that was mostly hair? Mm-mm. No, no, no. It was fun. That was, for the, that was for the nieces and nephews. Oh, I one. love it. Yeah, uh, sure. But so I go to Larry Moss and I'm, you know, here I am thinking, uh, all right, I'm going to, uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. It's so weird seeing people walk around. It's like, ghostish. Right, right. There's like people walking past the booth that we're in, but, but they're, but they've got like strange <laughs> satchels with them, and that man was there's just an office adjacent to us. Sometimes there's children. Nobody should be carrying. He was that man was just carrying a bag, like in the way that like after after someone robs a bank, <laughs> they have to hide. <laughs> Like okay. the way that you don't want to. Draw was that good radio right there? Or did I describe that to the best of my ability well, so that your a, listeners could see it? There was a strange man who moves with it with an ease that I don't like. Was he real, or was that like an apparition? That's of what some I'm sort? saying. <laughs> Have you ever done a uh, uh, William and Mary? Uh, the, the college, yes. Well, it's right by Colonial Williamsburg, so you you see all the women in like Puritan garb, and I I remember that was my opener. I was like, I want to be like, does everyone else see? <laughs> see these women because she's like looking at a guns and ammo in the same barnes and noble as me she disappears in a whirlwind of foliage <laughs> and then i just rake it up crying she was here then there's a picture of her on the wall in like a perfect it, it, it's like you know passed away it's like the shining yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we push in i'm in the photo as well You're- i still don't get the shining what was he dead i don't understand um, this is a big. Oh, it's Kubrick, man. That's the whole thing. It's what. What do you take from it? I get, see. That's, that's which brings adult. me back to Larry Moss. Watch yes. this. Ooh, it's like a Growing Pains episode just then. <laughs> and what we did was we followed the weird man in the satchel, and we came back to goodness. Um, so I, I go to see Larry Moss, and here I am thinking, okay, I'm just going to sit. I'm going to have this incredible talk about uh, all things in the world of uh, you know uh, of acting, theater, all that. And you know sometimes like there's there's people that you meet in your life that um w- like almost immediately when you are around them you f- you 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 get that feeling like they are they have a, a heightened sense. Yes, you're talking to the right guy. Yeah, like just some people just uh I don't know, they 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 they're not soothsayers but they they yes. they can know you immediately and be like uh What's what's they're really... enlightened? They're present people that are like plugging into you quickly. Yes, I try not to use Star Wars references, but I am such a huge geek. But it's a He's Yoda. A Yoda. Yeah. You called Steve Martin Yoda. Um, we'll get to that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we will put it in your little sketch. It pad is. Over it's there. right here. It's already on there. You got pre circle it twice. Put That's, a little star. Th- I'll draw Yoda. That's respect. <laughs> Nobody gets pre notes. We sit down. I sit with Larry Moss, and um, and, and he basically is like. Uh, he has kind eyes. And he's holding a very small cane. We're in a mud hut. It's a swamp uh, Did land. Did he make you lift his car out he of the swamp lift- with your mind? <laughs> I don't want to do the reverse syntax thing. It's, it feels silly. I want to do the voice. I, we so all want right to do now, it. But I, I will not do it. This is the kind of place where you can. But I'll do Luke. <laughs> Everything's breathy and on the cusp of crying. But what if I have to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the power converters? I can't do this. <laughs> I'm not meant for more. I'm a small town farm boy. I should just be sitting around doing nothing, right? Okay. But my journey is that of Christ. Larry, Larry says to me something. I'm not sure how much like small talk, how is the weather, but he's like, uh, he says something to me almost immediately that like, that gets me emotional and I couldn't believe it. I don't know what he did, like some weird yapple dapple. And suddenly I was immediately what connected to this man. We need to know what he said. Oh, I, I, you don't remember. I don't remember the exact, I think it was honestly just like his, his tone, his, uh, just, just the way he, like 
not to get too into get like minutia, but like w- when we sat, like <clears throat> like we're sitting and like it's that whole thing of like our my belly button's this way, yours is that way. Yeah. We're not yeah. we're not truly connected. That yeah. keeps us, yeah. uh, you know, present, and yet we can be defined. No, right. like literally immediately, it was like he like Ooh. the way we were sitting. Even when you do that, it works. See, this is Scientology shit. Like if we had to stare at each other the whole I, time, I don't know anything about that. Stuff. You're a Scientologist. Come out. <laughs> I just no, 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 no. I did have to use the bathroom in there once, and I stayed for six and a half weeks. Now listen. Did you meet Elrond? No, no, no. But I'm a, I'm a level seven. Um, what I, I I'm fascinated by all that. I, it sounds like a, yeah, and, connecting. It's true. Okay. These are things we block in, in – in, you're saying the belly button direction point thing and all that stuff. That's what he did to me. But yeah. it's the same thing with a bad audience when they're closing off their things or they're cl- shrunking away from you, all that yeah. sort of stuff. See, We're I, in I, tune I, with that. I'm fascinated. I, a law of attraction and all that, I, I – um, I, these are the things I like to read about. These are the things that I'm I'm, I'm interested in, and in, in that I even like to test. I remember, like yeah. law of attraction, for a good year period, I would wake up and and sometimes instead of affirmations, I would spend weeks going "fuck everybody." <laughs> see what, let's see what that invites. Did it work? <laughs> good morning. Fuck everything. Oh, God, uh, did it work? No, it's interesting because uh, no, no. It, it, <laughs> Did everyone How much of fucked? the secret do people really start to believe? Well, you're uh, right. Does it work for If you evil? want to be a bad person, you will do bad things that then cause bad things to happen to you. I don't believe that just because you've thought some bad thoughts about yourself that suddenly... That's what they think. Uh, yeah. The they. secret. <laughs> they, the secret people. They. I remember they were... Like, I, one of my favorite... Because I watched the movie. I didn't watch the... I didn't read the book. I didn't watch the book as pages flipped mm-hmm. by. They were talking about... They were like... Uh, you watch a book on your iPad, though. Yeah, you you, you could can watch a book and l- virtually flip. I listen to a yes. lot of books, mm-hmm. but I remember they say uh, they go uh, if you if you you were sick. Remember, we were going to do this a couple days ago, and you yes. were sick. Which I'm not bringing that up because I'm harboring it. I'm bringing it up. They would say you invited that in somehow. Yes, some sort of illness, right? Which is b- bonker batonkers. Well, I mean, in flu season, has everybody who got the flu saying like you yeah. know I, I'm I, I'm open to that? Yeah, I'd like a dalliance with the. Uh, Right. No, I don't believe that. A dalliance? I, I, a dalliance with the flu? Can you have a dalliance? <laughs> Is dalliance only sexual? I don't, I don't know what to... I'm a verbologist, and I don't even know the, the, the definition of... Verbologist? Some... Yes. Neologist? Uh, I just... I love words. You are a neologist. I just want to... In fact, I have, a, I have a blanket, and it's just words, and I cover <sighs> myself in this. Is that true? <laughs> I believe that's true. Do you really think I sleep under a blanket? <laughs> and your pillows are platinum records. This is how I picture your house. Well, that is true. <laughs> Every time I go to Comedy Central and meet with uh, Ian Stearns, it's all you on the wall. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I can't. They put those up when you come in. <laughs> Guaranteed. They're not there when I get there. When I'm up there, it has my album and it says 37 sold. And it's a little ticker. <laughs> okay, stay on. Stay Larry on your Moss. weird new agey. So you're connecting. Larry Moss. And he says to me, because this is then going to go back to like this whole thing of, of my youth and, and, and you know having all these kind of like um, you know introspective. And he says to me, he goes... Um, he connects first. He connects first. And so we're, we're just kind of throwing back like uh, back and forth this thing of like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, things that have been pretty rough right now. Like we're, we're five minutes in and we're already like in a pretty hardcore, serious conversation about like, how, how are you? Re- when somebody says, hey, right. how are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're like, oh, yeah. what's up? How are you? He was like, how are you? 
are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. that kind of thing. And, um, I like this guy. And so it's back and forth for several minutes. And then he just said something that was uh, just prolific and, and made me immediately kind of go back to some issues that I was having. And this is also pre-therapy. I went into therapy for the first time in my life after this Larry Moss. Because Mosmo. of Larry Moss? I would say it was, a, it was definitely a, a, a bit of a, 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 a jolt yeah. because I liked how I felt. And you saw what one person could do listening to you. I did. I, I, and I realized through this thing that he said and what then followed was like uh, I, I hadn't released. There were some things that I had not released. I was very like one hand was a fist. I was going to fight my way through uh, this, this, uh, this Holly weird and everything. And then the other hand was opened and I needed support. And yet I was not willing to reach yeah. out myself for it. So truly it was like this. So this is what an acting man said, told you. So no, no, or he says to me, he says, um, whatever the hole of your youth is, there's a hole from your youth. H O. And, uh, and he says, you will, uh, paraphrasing of course, but he says, you will, you'll, you'll never fill it. You'll never fill it. Uh, so stop trying to fill it. And know what it means. Know, know it's yours. Own it and understand it. Right. And there was a lot more to it. But just that no, that's that, uh, that imagery, I'm a very kind of visual guy. I realized that there were some things that happened to me when I was, uh, you know, around that age um, that defined my, uh, my persona, my attitude mm-hmm. uh, and how I treated myself in my quiet times and who I wanted to be and then who outwardly. I was trying to be, and mm-hmm. uh, and then that you know that kind of spirals into our careers, and next thing you know, you're like, who am I on stage? Who am I off stage? Right. And, uh, so there was a long time where it it uh, it was it was kind of murky. Yes, uh, and and through this conversation and, and realizing it was like, oh, okay, wait a second. Much like a comedian going up and saying, these are the things about me that uh, I can take the piss out of myself on and be self deprecating, and you can't tease me anymore right because I've con- i own it yeah we do that on a comic level yet we can still hurt because we make fun of ourselves. doesn't mean we necessarily are owning it in a positive way so i needed to do the same thing that we do on stage which was like i could be like yeah i had zits and yeah i had uh, you know this issue with that and i needed to do the same thing off stage and to be able to look at moments that are crucial in my life and be like hey you know what i'm okay because of that and i'm not going to try to not be that anymore Right to to women that I yeah. would meet or to friends that I would try to, take to be it out closer on with. Mean, yeah. No, no, not take it out. Just not share it. Oh, I trying see. to be like, no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm a success now. I've had it. That means nothing. Yeah, that means absolutely zero. You, you are nothing until you understand where it was that you kind of started from. Yeah. So that was the beginning of a great journey for me over the last several years. That's fascinating because I always think that comedians have a benefit that it's our job to mine ourselves deeply. You know, it's that it's that self realized. Is life. that what you call masturbation? <laughs> I <laughs> yes. How, how I, often do you mind yourself there? Ben, deeply? I don't have time to go deep every time. Sometimes it's just the surface. <laughs> I God, I've been eating bee pollen and it's making me so horny. Have really? you ever eaten bee pollen? No, I haven't. Jesus Christ. That's all I got for you. Okay. The Mormon Jesus. It, I considered humping my mattress this morning. When's the last time you humped a mattress? I was like nine, ten. It seemed like a good idea when this morning. <laughs> this morning, I'm 33. What does the bee pollen uh, do exactly? It's it, it, first of all, I, I want to say where you are, and I, I wrote down three thoughts, so we're not going to okay. lose that. 
because I love Already that. your notebook looks like uh, something out of the movie Seven. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. I was on the subway today and <laughs> threw up on somebody that asked me how I was doing. Killer's <laughs> Manifesto. <laughs> I have a bit about that where I go, the craziest thing about serial killers is the journaling. Who has the time? <laughs> Most comics. <laughs> Most we comics. do. We do. Yes. Uh, so anyway, bee pollen is, is filled with lots of uh, uh, bee vitamins and stuff. That's, it increases your sperm count. This isn't necessarily why I was taking it, but I am interested in the libido's tie to creativity. Quentin Tarantino said that he thinks that his writing ability, writing scripts and stuff, is directly tied to – and this is what he did. He made a fist. Yes. A, he hit it like that, meaning oh. like a hard dick. I, I would think it was tied to watching uh, Japanese action movies <laughs> and shooting them <laughs> shot while by going shot. deep. <laughs> while going deep, he admits that. By the way, I know he does. <laughs> but he, he, there's something about that. But anyway, so I started. To, I took a little bit of bipolar. It also goes right through you. So be careful if you okay. take it. I, I'm, 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 I'm not going to do that. Don't do that. All right. I'd like you to do it. Oh, I'd, li- right. I'd like you to get a text in a few days that says, <laughs> I just fucked my couch and shit my pants. No, no. You know what I'm going to send you? I'm going to send you uh, a Vine. You know Vine? <laughs> yeah, sure. And the first five seconds are just going to be bee pollen and like up close. And then the last <laughs> shot is going to be a turlet. <laughs> if you – Vine must be hoping you get into Vine. <laughs> I think I've tried Vine. I, 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 I'm fascinated with that stuff. So I've tried it. I have done that. Yeah. But it's it's – it's it's quirky. It's, it might be the one thing that I, it made me feel like a, like a, anyway. Let's say let's say on this is yeah. the idea. Okay, I want you, first of all, it's our jobs to to learn about ourselves. Okay, who are you in general meetings? With, first of all, if I'm not getting paid, it's not a job. It's what do you mean? But you are getting paid. The more you expose of yourself, of your Dane cookiness mm-hmm. on stage, the more you'll oh, make. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, no, I'm saying yeah. on stage, oh, okay, and you're saying off. Stage, I misunderstood the question, Your Honor. Off stage, you're doing. You said you needed to do the same thing, delving in, sure, going in and learning about yourself and, and validating these sorts of things. Yes, because then you're. It's like using basic jargon. Then you're present. If you're present, you know you can you can uh, you know be in moments and uh, and roll with anything. You're not. Uh, there you're you not, go. Yeah, yeah. You're not living in the past. Patrice O'Neill. I've probably quoted this way too much. Do had, it. Had a great quote when I was sitting with him at the back of Nick's Comedy Stop, 1992, three. And I had a bad set, but I was definitely just, I didn't even know what I was doing up there. And he just looked at me and in that Patrice way, he just said, you know, man, you can't fuck with the truth. Just be the truth, Dane. And it was like, and he went on and on just, you know, kind of like berating me and, and yeah. probably picking me apart to the point of, uh, you know, you want to jump off the uh, Tobin Bridge. Yeah. But it was another uh, moment that now when I look back at uh, pivotal advice kind of moments that that also set me to like. All right, you gotta, you have to, uh, you have to stay present in all those things. Exactly. Well, people are drawn to the truth. That's one of my favorite Jesus things. Is people were attracted to Jesus. I mm-hmm. always think about Christians. He was days. a hack, though. And let me explain that. <laughs> a lot of his teachings were uh, were hack at that point. It's true, actually. One of the few things that he said that no one else said was uh, love your enemy. A lot of people said love your neighbor, but he was he was the first to kind of pioneer the idea of loving your. Uh, an enemy. Oh, see, you know, he made it, it rolled off the tongue. Yeah. He was a good comic. He, <laughs> he knew how to punch it up. He really he knew did. how to punch it up. Yeah, He's yeah, a yeah. hilarious. Less real estate. It's all about the he wants that Seinfeld haiku method. Keep it tight. Oh, God. <laughs> I just watched Seinfeld on Letterman and it really broke my heart. I was like, I, I don't like this anymore. Speaking of the truth. Okay. Here's your Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. And we know he's a complex and interesting guy. And his stand-up will always – look, the minutia and those observations are, are an aspect of him. But I'd love to see Jerry Seinfeld really get into 
you know, it's so unnatural, but his demons are talk about his life and talk about his kids and talk about, you know, be a little bit more like Louis, be a little bit more autobiographical. Right. And when he goes up, he this was his opener. He goes, everybody's saying you got to hydrate. Hydrate? Are you hydrated? Are you hydrating? Are you got to hydrate? And otherwise, you're dehydrated. That's his first applause break. What if What if he was very dehydrated? What's that? <laughs> That's probably his truth. He was probably jogging through Central Park. I don't Jerry know. Gets, he gets hydrated. No. What do you What do you want? What do you want? Forty minutes on the ninety cars that he has, like jammed <laughs> in his basement. <laughs> well, you know what? I truth. would love for him to go. Like you know, I was looking at my cars and I realized I'm empty and I'm gonna die. What do you do with a hundred million dollars? <laughs> what do you do? Well, let me let me you take it for a walk. Let me put it to you. I like when I watch you, and I don't know if this will end up on a special or not. I hope it does. Okay. And I was talking to some other guys about this. Is when you talk about being famous. Famous. I like that. Right. I like you did this bit. You t- uh, and look, I, I don't. You said it on stage. I don't think it'll embarrass you. I think you'll like this. You talked about you were at a hotel in Vegas. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there with you, Pete. Do not take me there. <laughs> we're gonna talk about your childhood, Aldel Betty. Don't leave now. <laughs> you said, and I was in the back, and I loved it, and 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 no one else really laughed. It was a bad night. Okay. But you said I felt like getting laid. So I went into the lobby and, you know, and then you circled your own face. Okay. Meaning I will get recognized and someone will want to have sex with me. Sure. Yeah. Now let's, now let's talk about the maybe 10 previous times when I walked into the lobby, circled the face, and nothing. Of course. Sure. But it was great. Look, that's an that, – it's, it's, a, it's a grotesque thought. Oh, yeah. It's, an, it's a big thought. It's an in-your-face you're not supposed to talk that way. Okay. But that's true to a certain extent. Right. So I like seeing that. I yeah. like someone talking about uh, making when, – when, um, when Tosh makes a joke. When Chappelle used to come to the Boston and would smoke and that was when he just got $50 million or whatever. He's like, I'll pay the fine. Like just sure. little nods being like, what do I care He's famous. Talk, tell me what it's like to be famous. Well, you also earn. I I, I think that you earn the right to uh, to use more of everything once you've uh, had the triumphs and then the foibles. And if I think that once your sandbox is kind of full of uh, the grief and the victories, then I, I think that even more so, it's kind of like your a bit of your duty as a comic to like unveil certain things. Yeah, the things that are. I think. Not only just because telling the truth is interesting, and even if a crowd of people, if there's 100 people in, in an improv and, and uh, 50 are great fans of mine, and then like 30 are like just comedy fans, and 20 are like absolutely not, you still would love to know that you're connecting in a way that they just can't get away from it. They're, yeah. they're, 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 well, truth. You're going they're repelling, back to the truth. Then. But yeah, there's some, some truth there. So I think that you can, you can run that gamut, and somebody like Chappelle, obviously, by you know who knows what what he probably dealt with behind the scenes of like a show that became an industry like that and the, mm-hmm. the, the pressures and censors uh, and, you know, uh, and then the creative freedom of an artist versus, you know, uh, strangers telling you, you can't say that. And, and, but that's how you got here. So I, I can imagine what, uh, and I know how freeing that is to then be able to get up and use, uh, use all of it. And whether it's uh, in that, in that case, like uh, some, some, ego or yeah. a touch of arrogance yes um well i can do that because people i think also know if you know anything about me then that's <clears throat> certainly does not define my character there's right. tons of different sure twists and turns in this uh, i road. i consider your character even though he is 
big, big enough to fill Madison Square Garden. I don't mean sell it. I mean fill it. Mm-hmm. There's also there is vulnerability there. It's not Andrew Dice Clay. You know what I'm saying? So when I right. see you letting an audience, I was going to say regular people, letting regular people see just a little glimpse of what it's like to be like I. Maybe it was a story of like a time when you were really feeling. Maybe you had just done a big uh, stadium like that, and you felt like going out, and you were super duper famous and full of ego in that moment. Sure. Why not talk about that? I don't. I don't. Oh see, yeah. There's no problem with that. That's real. Everybody would do the same. Uh, every yes, everybody to, wants to know that moment of like, can I be something more just by walking into a room? And yeah, but it's. It's something you play with. It's not certainly right. something that uh, you know you can uh, you can't live in that moment. It's like right. Halloween. You know, right. you, you that's, that's fun exactly, for a day. That's what I'm saying. And you would you know you're not going to still put on uh, it is like Halloween. the persona for the rest of the year. And you go down to the lobby in Vegas wearing like the Eddie Murphy raw <laughs> outfit, basically. And you that, think you wore that around after that special? <laughs> 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 I would love to know if just there's to like... get the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I'm Eddie Murphy. Don't worry about it. I, I just I appreciate that when people when people like Seinfeld. But you know, some people want Seinfeld to be Seinfeld. But at a certain point, I wanted to be Seinfeld when I was starting out. And then at a certain point, I was like, that doesn't interest me. I want like you to be able to go on stage and you can be silly. Yes, a the key, emotions of the day. A, I'd like to take with me a G's it. I'm sorry to quote your old stuff, but I know it better than your new stuff. But also a keychain that looks like a key. Right. You can. You will do a silly joke. Just as well as anybody. And here's the other thing. You'll go Patrice. You'll go vulgar. You'll call yourself vulgar. Right. I can go vulgar too. I don't want the stage to be somewhere where I have to be fake and put on a Halloween costume that I don't want to wear. Yeah. If only there can I be everybody. If you step onto a stage and you suddenly immediately when your foot hits that stage, you feel more confined. Yes. Then you are doing it wrong. Fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. But that's that's kind of the stuff you write in your notebook that you circle as like I can never say this on yes. stage, but I but I had to write it down for something else. Yes. No. What is that? That's uh, fear. It's... You should be sharing those things, even if that's taking five minutes out of your act and saying like to to start it. Like, hey, I wrote some things down. I I don't know how you would telecast it. Yes. But try it, buddy. Get that stuff out. That's the real. That's stuff. That's the stuff. From my understanding, that like you know, a Hicks finally went up one night and he snapped and he and he may not I don't know right. I, I wasn't there I'm just like he may not have gotten that same reaction of just like love clap applause but he liked right he liked what he got more he less liked that jokes, he challenged me. that's his quote less jokes more me and challenge them yeah and challenge himself I appreciate that. And yet I, I love the idea of being an entertainer more than being somebody who has to be terse or like wants right. to be caustic. Right. I, I just want to be able to be anything that I am. Right. And uh, I'm, you know, I've said this. Uh, it's like I love, I love irreverence. I, like I'm a fan. I, I love different st- – I love Stephen Wright. I like guys that are uh, Martin Short, yeah. you know, coming yeah, up. Yeah. I love characters. Yeah. I love voices. Carlin. I like that he – I'm not a political guy per se, but I like that somebody could get very serious and then a minute later be doing a, a fart joke and making yeah, a, yeah, yeah. you know, Carlin, Pryor, you know, the architects, as John Stewart once said about these guys. Right, yeah. They, for me, really set like the the groundwork of like, oh, we're allowed to be whatever. Whoever these comedy police that came later, like after the boom of the 80s and suddenly there was comics monitoring comics, like, you're not a true comic because it right. was like. That's just. I all think wrong. that's going away. I think that's going away. I, I, I sometimes do on stage. I'll do a, a Bill Cosby impression, and in the bit, I go, "I know 
this is hack, quote unquote. People people want to marshal what impressions I can do. But right. then I go, do you see how happy I am right now doing Filthy Cosby or whatever it is? Fucking get out of the way. Sure. You're in the way. You want to, People marshal my tweets all the time. Boo, you can do better. Scram. Beat it. Right. People are saying scram? I say scram. <laughs> <laughs> I say scram and beat it. That's me to them. I thought a 1940s detective was tw- uh, tweeting you. <laughs> Beat it. <laughs> and let me see those gams. I don't have gams. Are gams legs? Legs. I do have gams. I used to do a lot of Cole Porter plays. I know the gams <laughs> reference. And you were in Greece. I texted Gary Goldman. Can I tell you a great Gary Goldman Patrice story? Yeah. I don't wanna I don't wanna say who it was. It was Whitney Cummings. And she came up to Patrice and just started talking. <laughs> talking to Patrice and Gary. And Patrice didn't even know her. Yeah. And she's just talking. And then Patrice goes, You know what? You a phony bitch. He just, <laughs> he just said, he is, you a phony to someone he didn't know. I text Gary Goldman, you a phony bitch. Will you please text him at some point, you will, a phony bitch. Yes. He will laugh very, very hard. I I have a, a lot of great Patrice stories, and I think one of my last, because we could dedicate an entire yeah, you know, sure. um, week to great Patrice stories, and, and having come up with them out of Boston was... Uh, I wouldn't trade that for anything, but he, uh, as I got to know him a little bit better and he started being more, um, you know, he could, he could just be a blunt force trauma guy, you know, and say those kinds of things. And as he would do it more then then like being closer to him, I started, um, sometimes wondering who people, uh, he really, uh, liked and was just hazing. Yes. And who, and you didn't really know it was tough. It was really tough. But I will say one time, and I don't want to say who, but uh, a person came up and he, he, he went through the uh, rigmarole of Patrice smashings and, and then he just turned to me and just loud enough he went, real hate. Oh! <laughs> like, like he was giving me the tell of like, wow. I got to let you know, I'm not goofing with this guy. That's incredible. And uh, it's funny because he's a person that to this day still thinks like, no, no, Patrice really liked me. I, I know it was just uh, all goof and I, I didn't have the heart to be like, no, hate. he really did not care for you. I, I got to tell I don't, I don't have a lot of Patrice stories, but one of them was he was running his hour at the Boston and I was hosting yeah. and we put him on and let him do an hour. I guess that was, you know, I mean, what else are we going to do? We were happy to have him. And then afterwards, he got off stage and he looked like Buddha. This guy who I was terrified to talk to was so calm. He was human. He ran his hour. It went well. He got off stage and I was like, that was great, Patrice. And he was like, thanks. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks so much for putting me on. I was mm. like, are you okay? <laughs> I couldn't believe And it meant so much. It made, it made us, you know how we're all just comedians. You know what I mean? Yep. And in that moment, I was like, oh, we're the same. You feel, you have a main line of relief and connection with the audience and belief in your own material. And you're calm. You're a baby on the teat. You got it. You can take a nap now. I can tell you now, as you walked away, he turned to me and said, real hate. <laughs> Laser. That was laser. You're accurate. the guy. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm telling you, Patrice liked me a lot. He liked me a lot. Here's a weird question. And for he you. and he. Let's put a button on it. He's what we're talking about. He mm. was uh, elf in the room. Yes. I mean, it's it's like next level shit. He Patrice was approaching that uh, that legendary status of yes. like no, there's no going back, and we all accept him for what he is. Whether you're like a Stern. 
whatever you think of Stern, like he's there to stay and you're going to listen. You're going to listen whether you like it or not kind of thing. Well, Uh, that's that human evolution that we were talking about is the idea that accepting yourself, accepting your whole – from your childhood or whatever it is. And I, and I didn't get the sense that Patrice was necessarily trying to fill it. He was, he was trying to express it. Right. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what I think we should all be doing as humans. That, there's, there's a, you mentioned incantations, and I'd love to get into New Agey stuff. That was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. Was, um, and this has come up on the show before. It's, it's been medically proven that it's very beneficial to say to yourself – I accept myself unconditionally right now. Mm-hmm. And that's like proven sort of thing. And that's what I see when I see Patrice. Like one thing – sorry to bring myself into it. I just know myself so much better than anyone else. <laughs> but one time I saw – Is that a title of a book? <laughs> I know myself better than everybody else. What's in parentheses? The true story – the true love story ah, of me meeting so- me. <laughs> That's and the cover is me looking in a mirror, of course. Prologue by <laughs> me, Maya Angelou. <laughs> God in heaven, I the t- the Pete, time you know what? I think you need to laugh more during the show as well. <laughs> I get a lot of shit for oh laughing. It would be impossible for you to edit your own show because the vapor of your laugh trail is so long. That you would have two guffaws <laughs> randomly at the beginning of a question of the last <laughs> song. You just hear, They're unremovable. Uh, you know, fuck what I was about to tell you. What I wanted to put to you, but I bet you'll enjoy, is talking about the childhood holes, It, which sounds weird, is... I've always likened that to the spider bite. Spider-Man gets bitten by the spider. That's an unpleasant trauma from his childhood. And instead of, like, holing away and disappearing, he uses that mutation to become Spider-Man. Right. And that's I feel like that's every comedian. There's some trauma. Yeah, there's an origin tale. There's an origin tale. And you're saying yours was acne and being teased. In, where'd you go to junior high? I, listen, I would say that was, uh, that was like, I would say that those were the things that broke me. What really, not to get too maudlin with it, I, you know, I came from a family where there was a lot of uh, turmoil. There was a lot of uh, abuse. Um, Verbal, physical? B- abuse, uh, alcohol abuse on my father's side. There was some physical abuse in my family, not to me specifically, but it was just a, a very um, volatile upbringing, but it was also a very oddly enough, humorous. It was a yes. lot of humor. There was a lot of funny moments and people and things happening in my house to, to level out uh, the other, the, um, you know, when the, when the night would come and it would yeah. be, uh, you know, it would be was, uh, trying, a lot of turmoil. Was your dad, it's so obvious when I'm leading you with my own issues, but mm-hmm. in an effort to relate, I look back, I think I, as a child, my dad felt, and I love my dad. I always have to say this. It's hard for me to talk about. It. But there was there was some alcohol and there was some there were fighting and that sort of thing. I right. think that's my origin story as well. And me trying to control how people are feeling, trying to make them laugh. I'm, I'm there with you. And feel sure. better. And now, do you feel as a grown man, I'm also the poster boy for the Oedipal Complex all day. And uh, it's not so much that I want to fuck my mom as that I wanted to protect my mom and love my mom and, and, and like, win her affection, which I did in right. spades to this day, uh, just her favorite golden boy. And then my dad, who we're very close now. Now, like, after I got divorced, we got very, very close. And he respects me 
he under, he he's the kind of guy that wants to know what I make for things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's dad's language. And now he he respects what I do and he's mm-hmm. proud of me and all that sort of stuff. So now we have this new relationship. But in my dreams, I have dreams where we're like physically fighting and I'm mm-hmm. winning sort of thing. It's Oedipus. It's Fro- Freud would have loved me. I don't want to fight my dad. But in my, in my subconscious, there's something that I'm working out. And I'm often like protecting my mother from mm-hmm. – this is some vulnerable shit. But I'll protect my mother from my dad in the dream. In the dream, my mother is my age and my father is his current age and i'm my current age it's fucked all day i'm wondering do you does, did your dad get so what you're trying to say is you'd be buddies with freud yes best fucking buddies <laughs> all day smoking cigars and going this is really my cock i already told you be pollen and that's how tarantino dips his dick that's in a ink. lot pete that you just shared with me yes with all of us do you relate to that and if you don't that's okay what is it was your dad a villain um, well, Did he feel like a villain to a child? Some things, <clears throat> some things you said, I, 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 I very much was with you, and then some things are certainly very unique, unique. to you. Uh, I think with my father, I uh, first let me say this: my he, he was a, an incredibly talented person mm-hmm. who uh, uh, didn't uh, allow himself to realize that in his life, and I think alcohol thwarted that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I, I knew from a very early age that he was uh, he was going to be a, kind of a hero of mine, but a, f- a flawed mm-hmm. hero. I didn't know how much so till I got a little older and realized he was abused horribly. Um, he, uh, he had a lot of talent, but I don't think he had that thing that we thirst for from our parents, which is like, good job, take it a little further. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had that kind of um, motivation, so therefore giving it to me was also a alien to him uh it was like kind of like oh you created this this thing and uh well i don't know what we do with it you know instead of being like what do we do with it mm-hmm. um <laughs> and so i you know there was a guy who i would uh i would i was very confused about you know and also as you get a little bit older you start going like well i'm all of that i see all of that in my myself but uh w- am i going to go down that that uh, same road i see so many similarities with me and this guy so i think that my uh, my refereeing my parents, uh, trying to entertain them, or you know, in my little way, kind of you know, keep them keep, keep the them pace. away from each other, yeah. uh, was uh, definitely through uh, you know through humor, through trying to you know make uh, make light mm-hmm. of situations, uh, and then it wasn't until junior high school till I started dealing with my own problems of you know. Uh, you know how I felt about just myself, my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh, that everything collapsed. That's where everything really <clears throat> kind of went down. You know, down into the into the trenches. For you, for me, yes. Do you? A couple thoughts. Do you feel like some of your? Because I feel this as well. Some of your dad's tenacity, some of that um, <clears throat> toughness, is also part of why you succeeded. You know what I mean? It's this guy who's uh, what's hard nose mean. I just mean like he's he's like. I'll just keep it to my dad. My dad. See, my dad had a beak. <laughs> Your dad was too cancer. He was very bird like my father. I'd say he was a raven. I would say this. <laughs> I would say this. I, 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 <laughs> I'm just saying for my my father being this providing guy, not the most growing up, not the most emotional let's connect fish chit okay. chit chat guy. I got all a lot of my nurturing from my mother, as my dad would still say it should be and should have been. Um, I think I I got his work ethic and a little bit of that like um, that withholding of emotions that East Coast sort of pinched New Englander thing 
sometimes helps me through some of the winters of my own emotions. Right. Do you acknowledge that you got some stuff from your dad in that regard? Well, I, I knew immediately that I had his, I had his exact, literally his exact kind of physical form. Uh, and I identified that my gr- kind of broad shoulders and like we lead, we walk forward. Yeah. The men of my family like <laughs> come into a room kind of like slightly at a 45 degree angle. Like I, <laughs> I immediately saw I had these things. Good for comedy. That's a good position for comedy. Good. Yes. How I, how I finally realized how to, how to be comfortable in it. But way, way back then uh-huh. it was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not an athlete. They were all athletes. They were all, they built railroads. They, yeah. you know, these were like, I was the first one who was very sensitive. I was more my mother. My mother's very, very fragile soul, mm-hmm. and I had that with the exterior of my dad. So he was expecting me to be yeah. um, a, a leader. Yes, and I was uh, the exact opposite. I was, uh, you know, way, way more, more of a mama's boy when I was a kid. Yeah, sure. I just wanted to hang around my mom and. Uh, and so that was troubling to me you because you look like your dad. That's 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 great story. Look like my dad, and again had my had my dad's even my my voice, and because uh, he was a broadcaster. After he didn't uh, make it as a baseball player, he did uh, commentary. He had a great uh, great radio voice, hmm. and he was an enunciator, and he loved language, which is why I, I believe I love I, I I'm such a kind of a person who uh, appreciates language and yes. painting verbal pictures. My dad did and that. an enunciator. In an enunciator, yes. Enunciator. Yeah, the Boston accent not was not something I, I had heavily. Yeah. But um, so I, I really identified these things immediately that I had in common with my, my pop, but I, I, I knew that I, I wasn't brave. Hmm. And he was, a, he was like, uh, and maybe the alcohol helped him with that, but he was a, he was a guy who just, you know, walked into a room and uh, I, I don't feel like, and I know, knew later, maybe like, maybe f- sometimes fear prevents a person from being uh, a bit more calculating and understanding. So you come in and you go, Pete, this is the way this show's going to go today. I have some great ideas. And yeah. you think you're helping? Yeah. If I walked in and said, uh, I already thought of five things you should ask me because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would think I'm helping. And I, for years, thought, that's kind of me. I'm, I, I'm, I, I bring a lot. Right. But it's overwhelming to people. It's sometimes even... Uh, uh, just too gregarious, too uh, bullying yeah. almost to come in. And so... I could see these things that I had in touch with my with my pop, but I also knew that um, I, I had a lot of work to do in, in order to feel um, that uh, I was um, welcome in, in places. Mm-hmm. So, because if you go into a situation and you feel like you're just like coming in gangbusters because you have a, a look or like a, a tone, if you can't communicate once you're in there, then you're, yeah. it's a lonely room. And yeah. I've been in those rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you Where couldn't can, follow yourself. Uh, there's a there's a saying uh, that didn't quite identify to me, but for some reason I always felt like uh, uh, some people brighten a room by leaving it. Oh God! And, and sometimes I I would feel that I would feel like I would come in so kind of hot and uh, excitable that uh, I think when I left people were kind of like, all right, where were we? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good that because you... I was just so like I'm I'm included. Yeah, yeah and that yeah, meant yeah. something to me. Yeah, um, but it wasn't till. Probably in the last maybe seven or eight years that I I went I kind of went back and did the learn more about my father, and it was an interesting thing because he was a guy how you, that how do you do that? Well, you know, talk to old friends and people that you know knew him. You know, sat on the the bar stool with him. Sure. And, you know, family and what I learned about my dad, which uh, I I really understood, was some people didn't like my father. People just didn't like him, and they didn't know why. Hmm. 
They just didn't like him. And they would say that. They'd be like, just something about your pop I just didn't like. And <laughs> I understood that. I definitely understood that. I was like, yeah, this kind of um, not just a preconceived notion based on what people hear, but truly there's a there was a certain presence that my father had that uh, was a little intimidating, even though he um, could be just a, a deer. Yeah. And I was like, I have that too. And I need to be, keep that in check and yeah. understand that uh, when I'm feeling uh, vulnerable, that it could flip into that other area where people think uh, – uh, take it the wrong way. Take it as something more. You overcompensate. It's, it's like overcom. The, that's it. It's the most gregarious guy could be lonely. Like your dad might have been like, why don't these fuckers like me? Yeah, yeah. No, it's like uh, I want to. I want to charge in there to try to find some love. Where's yeah, the? Yeah. And no, you can't go in any. Right. Any. What's that old bull, young bull kind of scenario? It's like whatever that, from the movie Colors. Did uh, no, Duval and Pan or? It's it's this it's this thing of like you just. Uh, you start to learn that, you know, again, coming back to like, you just want to be, feel like yourself and you don't have to do more to get right. uh, appreciation right. and you shouldn't have to uh, sacrifice and give so much less right. to equal yourself with who you think right. is in the room. It's, it's, it's advertising as opposed to the product. Like Coke is just, you know, caramel and sugar and water, but like all the <clears throat> sensationalized advertising. And cocaine. And co- there's a touch Back of cocaine. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. There was a touch of heroin in it currently. <laughs> uh, but that, I understand that. That, that reminds me a little. I bet, I bet people felt similarly about my father. Uh, <laughs> he, he is a, a big person. He's a big personality right. and, a remi- and a big drinker. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm inspired by what you said because it, it would be – I've always said that I'd love to see a film of my father's life and my mother's. I'd, I just love – that would be heaven for me is to be able to see what they were really like hmm. because they're fascinating characters to me. Yeah. And then I got them when they were homogenized and pasteurized into my parents. It, it's – you know, it's really interesting. I just had this exact same conversation with Courtney, my youngest sister, the other day. I said, I wish I could uh, – I know all these things about my, 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 my dad and my mom's ex and I know like mostly negative – I was like, I'd love to know who she dated. I'd love to be able to go back and see. Did she have some great relationships where there's some really good guys in there? What were her killer moves? Like something where it was like, fucking yay, mom, you did it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? But but if I can make it a, a little bit more like how the universe works, this career, this life I chose, I think the complexity of my father helped my mother to prepare to know how to communicate with me and help me to do this living. I think that's beautiful. I, I think that, that the that the insanity of it and the um, and all that came with it was Jesus, like a, Dane. Yeah, no, I, I that's think, true for me too. I'm not you, but my mom knows how to talk to me about my life because she's already dealt with a hurricane person. Right. Yeah. So anything <laughs> I threw at my mom, like, was never. It never seemed like she was like that happens. <laughs> she was no. She, she was like, Dane, as long as nobody is drunkenly coming in in the middle of the night and pissing on you by accident because they think that you're the toilet, you're great. <laughs> well, it's not, what, what about mom? So I, I talked a little bit about mom was my is my cheerleader. Yeah. Thinks everything that I do. And your parents is are still incredible. with us. They're still with us. Right. Um, you know, actually, one more thing about your dad. I remember on the, on the television show HBO's Torgasm, you said there's a phone call to your dad. Um, <laughs> and you said, try to be there, Pop. <laughs> Don't worry, it's just the biggest thing I've done in my life. Yeah. And I related to that. And he was moment. still kind of like, uh, I'll try to make it. Yeah, if that doesn't keep you humble, Pete. Yeah, isn't that it? I mean, sure. it's you got a dad hole too. Yeah, I can't imagine what a nightmare it would be if you actually had parents who, like Hollywood parents, who are like, "God, you are the best." Yeah. Oh, 
Well, oh it would be a God. problem, wouldn't it? I, I, I don't... It's frightening. The thought of that is actually yeah. uh, absolutely uh, horrific. I get enough from my parents of the pride and all that sort of stuff, but then like they, they want to go to the next. They're, like you said, very we put very well, oh, we got this now, what do we do with it? Sure. They do that kind of instinctually. They're like, oh, you got that thing? What do we, what does that mean, Peter? What's next? Yeah, they just yeah, want to know what it. it means. Yeah. And that keeps me wondering what it means. Well, uh, my my rapport with my mom was nothing short of she, you know I've, I've said she was my compass. She knew the direction of my life before I could even really resolve it, even in junior high school. She was already telling me this stuff and your your skin and fuck you, Dave. That's yeah. what my mom used to do: <laughs> yeah. beat him away with a stick. You ever get that one? She yeah, in the any, future, any good or bad metaphor, him. she probably uh, <laughs> slung at me. At I some couldn't point. get a girl. For nothing. I, I can't even finish that metaphor. And when you said your mom was a compass, I wanted to say, did she never eat shredded wheat? Boom. Okay. <laughs> ah, she never ate shredded wheat. We're going to let Pete laugh for nine minutes, and then we'll, be, we'll come back with more. <laughs> we'll be right back. And now it's your podcast. You do have a podcast. It's a show. But I remember going on mom walks. This is shit I haven't said on Wait the Wait a show. minute. Mom walks? Mom walks. Is that like up with people? What is this? It was just we'd go. That was life was so boring in Lexington, Massachusetts. We'd just walk like ladies. That's how I learned how to chat like a lady. We'd just go on mom walks. I was, yeah, 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 yeah. We'd chat like the ladies do, and we'd uh, you know trade gossip and get our hair curled. In one week, I'm gonna text you, Pete. You and me, mom walk. <laughs> I would do it. I would do it. Capital M, capital and W. And we're going to chat like ladies. I love chatting like ladies because they have no problem sharing what they're feeling. It doesn't need to go anywhere. Uh, it's a wonderful practice. Oh, my God. And she used to tell me the stuff that I, I'd like to bring it back to you, that idea of like, don't worry, you're going to be okay. Like a, a, like a blind belief in me. Absolutely. A hundred percent was at my at my. Uh, at a breaking point in my life, something that was just really terrible for me. I remember her sitting next to me and saying, and understanding how far away from myself I was, and already at that young age, trying to get me in the process of Dane. Your, your best friend is you. you. Learn to love yourself. Learn to appreciate. You're you. on the right podcast right now. I mean, that is like yeah. the ministry of this podcast. <laughs> if everybody loved themselves, everybody would be better at loving each other. Keep going. Yeah. So, you know, that was the beginning of it. But also, she could be super, super. Uh, she wasn't my kid is uh, the darling, uh, the bell of the ball. She wasn't like one of those neighbors who your kid breaks the window and they protect him and say, oh, no, your windows are too close to our house. She, <laughs> she, like she was like an own up to it kind of guy. She was like, you make a mistake. You own up to it. You uh, see a mistake about to happen, jump out of the way, thwart it before, uh, and if you do it, you deserve the ramifications yeah. of that. So she was she was no um, wallflower. She right. was she was tough. Did you get into? And I'm not trying to force this. I, I'm just wondering if that was one of the things you related to. Did you feel in the absence of your father, your dad being a little bit of uh, a drinker and a, and a pee on her sort of person? I know that was hyperbole. I hope it was hyperbole. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Pregnant pause. Um, did you start to kind of – was your mom kind of like one of your best friends? Was it sort of like a little bit of a we got each other in all this craziness? Totally. Yes. Yeah. She was uh, – She was. I told everything to my mom and uh, for a long time during the very, very lean years of comedy being nothing short of uh, bleak, the 90s, let's call it. Yeah. Uh, she was – she was a Let's cheerleader. Call it the '90s. She was a cheerleader. She was. She was all, always. If there was nothing happening 
for six months, yeah. she would say, well, this is the rest that you need, Dane, before it starts getting That's busy. Beautiful. You will you will miss this rest. You'll yeah. say, oh, I wish I had six months, because someday you're not going to be able to say that, Dane. Fucking A. She could find the, the, that's what you the glimmer in anything. That's what a performer, that's what an artist, that's what anybody endeavoring to do anything needs a voice like that. Sure. That's a great gift that yeah. your mom gave. I was lucky to have a balance of both. I had a father who was pretty, uh, you know, he, he just, he was, a, he just wanted the proof. He constantly wanted prove it, prove it, prove it. And, uh, and, it, and there really was no kind of like settling, like, uh, oh, you made it kind of thing. And then my mother obviously was always like, challenge yourself, try. Mm-hmm. What about that? Will people enjoy that? Well, you know, are you afraid of that? Well, give it a shot. Or, yeah, yeah, so yeah. that was a perfect kind of uh, cocktail of uh, parenting. Was it, now I'm really, how did you break away from your mom or how did your relationship evolve? Was that bumpy? No, it was, uh, I went to New York and I started in 90, doing stand-up. I went to New York in 95, uh, I guess, to, to, to make a comedy tape and uh, through a series of fortunate events, I ended up Wait, staying you, in New York. You took New York in two nights. I know the story, Dane. I've been in your wake for a decade. You've read my Wikipedia. <laughs> Is that on your Wikipedia? I, I who knows? I'll put it on your Wikipedia. It's terrible. It's a great Wikipedia. story. Well, that Barry Katz called you the man who took New York in two nights because you had a set at the Boston and you destroyed, and then you came back the next night and destroyed again. It was uh, Caroline's. I'm sorry. I'd gone to Caroline's to make a TV <laughs> tape. They uh, at that time on a Monday night, you could give them How? 35 bucks. And they would make you a TV quality tape because uh, people were coming to Boston, like Comedy Central, and I was not getting on these showcases or evenings to do like stand up, stand up, or whatever was uh-huh, like the sure. the show. And uh, so I needed a TV quality tape because the Catch Twenty Two is like you can't get on the showcase without a TV tape. Well, I can't get on TV yes. and then give you a TV tape. Yes. So New York offered that. I went there, and uh, on that Monday night, uh, MTV and Kelly Lee from ABC were both just happened to be there. Hmm. and approached me after, uh, do you have a manager? How do we get in touch with you? Did, and, I, and you were already with Barry Katz? No, I wasn't. Oh. No, I wasn't. I, I'd gone to New York also. A friend of mine, uh, a comedian, had to go pick up uh, a check from Barry's office. So I went with him, and it wasn't until I got into Barry's office and saw the pictures on the wall of guys that I really uh, admired that uh, I, I, it kind of all clicked, mm-hmm. where I was like, I really, I, I wouldn't mind being up on this wall. I think I said to him, uh, huh. he said, what are your plans? I was like, to be on this wall. Huh. And uh, that night I did the set, and so then I called Barry. I was like, do, do you want to, you know, I, maybe this is serendipitous. Like, yeah. do you want to come help That's me That's what I say this? when I go to Arlington House of Pizza. <laughs> That's a pretty long callback. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I can go now. <laughs> the, the, I, I want. I'm gonna. There's no way I'm gonna forget asking you about your career. That's so interesting to me. When did your parent? You had the transition from boy to man. What helped your parents see you as a grown ass man? Because you're little baby Dane. Is it career success? Is it moving? You you cited moving. No, I think that. Uh, I think. Eh, you know, it wasn't really with my dad. There was it was a long time before we finally kind of sat as men. Did you buy him a Cadillac? Did I buy him a Cadillac? No, no, he wasn't like that. He he was uh, he was terribly frugal in the in terms of like I would say, uh, Dad, I'm going to fly to L.A. and and uh, and then it was followed up constantly by like. Um, uh, I'm going to get you back for that. I'm going to uh, just write down again how much that – it was like I couldn't even enjoy giving him something because oh, no. he had so much pride. He wanted to uh, – Really? It was, again, way later in the last few years of his life, he ate it up. And I think he really like – um, 
it was wonderful. It was what you want it to be when it's like, Dad, I'm all, I'm okay. Let yeah, me yeah, yeah, let's yeah. have some. Yeah. You know, come on. I I have access to some places. Yeah. I, you know, the, the Red Sox or come with me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. no, you don't owe the Red Sox anything. They invited us. Yeah. You don't have to clean up the dugout or do some shit. You know, <laughs> handing bats to me. But earlier on, I think my mother just immediately identified. Truly, for her, the fact that I could walk away from the house and keep going was the win. Yeah. More than the career, yeah. more than uh, anything else. You're Frodo and you went through the cornfield. I just walked away. Yeah. And uh, I didn't say this earlier, but I, I couldn't. I, for years, I'd start walking to school and I would have to come home because I would have panic or anxiety attacks. I would throw up. So I, I couldn't walk away. I couldn't leave home. I couldn't leave that nest. So yeah. I, just going was like, oh, Fucking a, man. You, you won. <laughs> That's great. You know, you're reminding me also when I was in junior high and, and then high school, I start, I had like a bald spot from stress and I used to leave school. I'd pretend I was sick and go home and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And we're the motherfuckers that went to the same kids. I'm not just trying to be congratulatory to both of us, but I'm just saying went to New York. It doesn't yes. make any sense. But there's something you're trying to put something out. You're trying to shovel some ice on some fire or something. I'm telling you right now, you and I are going to write a joint book called We're the Motherfuckers. <laughs> And then it, it comes uh, shrink-wrapped with when me met me or whatever. I can't remember what it was called, but that one's not selling. You and I, I write a book. It's selling. It's just Why? not moving. Don't law of attraction. Don't, don't uh, say it's not selling. It's selling. Kindle selling edition. Like Kindle edition selling like hotcakes. Um, I just think that's weird. You go from throwing up. Look, let's paint the picture of Dane as a kid. If this were a movie or something, you'd be the guy with the yo-yo in the class. And you're like, hey, well, what's up, Mrs. P? Oh, Dane. And you're teaching the class and be acting <laughs> no. a fool. You're puking. Yeah, no, no, no. I was not. Uh, no, I was uh, I was in, like Invisible Boy or whatever. I, I just never felt like uh, I never felt in, I never felt present in. I never felt like uh, I, I would rather have gotten picked on and had the attention of that. I felt uh uh, like like a nobody, like mm. a nonity, like the invisible kid yeah. is how I felt for a lot of years. Until I got into high school, until I started getting into theater, uh, until I met my high school drama teacher and mentor. Uh, up until then, I, I loved home. I loved my parents Nest. at home. I loved a lot of what happened there. I didn't like uh, or want all the the stuff that went along with it. But I just wanted to be home with my action figures in my world and my... So. Damn, I, uh, I'm sorry. People are, I can see the comments already about how I kept trying to force that we're very similar, but we are. I equated being home with everyone being happy. Right. Mom worried when my brother was out. So I would be home all the time. The guy who now yeah. goes out for a living, I'm talking about myself now, mm -hmm. never went out because it caused anxiety. Sure. So all I could do was be around. Summer vacations were boring as shit. I didn't do anything. Then it was a really big move when I started going to camp and that's where I started like doing improv at camp and all that sort of stuff right. realizing getting molested. And I got molested deeply mined. <laughs> <laughs> And molesting others. <laughs> Becoming more of a... Paying it forward, we called it. It was a great time. Diddling it forward, it I called it. It was a diddling camp. It was called Camp Diddlewood. <laughs> so I did. I did what it said on the, on the manifesto. Um, I just think that's very interesting because, you know, I, I, I've been opening with it on stage lately, uh, and I bet you'll relate. I go on stage and I go... Uh, I'm a, I'm a grown man. My, my mother has no idea where I am right now because I'm still relishing hmm. in the idea that I get on planes and don't tell my parents. Right. 
I've called them. From, it's not a big deal anymore. I'm yeah. in Minneapolis. They now ask me, where are you? Yeah. And there was a time when if I like went to Lexington Center past 10 o'clock, sure. my mom would have a stroke. You know, like would just fucking freak out. Pete, you're an adult now. <laughs> I'm a grown man. But you know what? <laughs> Fuck it, man. I remember a friend of mine got his license before me and he was driving around. And I was like, isn't it cool? I didn't have my license. I was like, isn't it cool you can drive? And he was like, you know, to be honest, I'm kind of over it. And I was like, I never want to be over anything. Yeah. I still get in my car and I go like, I get to ma- maneuver this. This piece of steel and glass. I think I, the minute I drove in, that got into my mom's car, I was already in comic mode because I think uh, the first uh, solo journey, I said, um, uh, I was going to go get ice cream. I said, I've got a gig at Brigham's in 10 minutes. <laughs> I was already. Did I'm doing a type five with a waffle cone down it, <laughs> and you use it like a microphone. <laughs> no, no, I, but that was like where I used to drive it first. That's awesome, in Arlington Heights, to get myself a Brigham's. Let's. Let, this is what I really would love to talk to you about, because uh, I know, and I, I, I don't think I need to encourage you, but this is the place. This show, I mean, is is the safe place to talk about weird ideas. Okay. And I'm a big believer, right? Because there's isn't that the title of the show? You made it weird. Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I didn't even want you to guess for fear that you'd be so wrong. I, I, know, heard, I, I knew weird was in the title. I just did Jay Moore's and I was like, what's the name of this show? It's so much bigger which than is? this. It's more stories. Oh, that makes sense. But I thought it would be like stories. And then yes. I was like, which one is this? Me just talking to you? Because <laughs> I didn't tell one story. Mine would be raw and uncooked. Raw and uncooked. Ugh. In, that's actually what the uh, the Mad Magazine. Worst. It was Dane Uncooked. No, I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. Talk, I want. I want to talk about... This is the first place to go. Okay. And I actually ran, I, I ran this by you at the improv. I was like, I'd love to have you talk about things like this. When Stevie, uh, Steve Byrne did What the Fuck, he talked about – so I, I'm quoting him. So you yes. correct me if I'm wrong. The, the Mark Maron podcast. The Mark Maron yeah. podcast. Which I talked about. Which Steve, I, heard, yes. I heard you talk about as well. Yeah, yeah. I've already heard you respond to that or whatever. But the thing that was interesting to me that didn't freak me out because I do something similar – is he, Steve said with a, a little bit of uh, discomfort that he came to your house and you said something along the lines of maybe it's not your time to be in Hollywood. And then you said, because I go on these walks. Again, this is Steve paraf- – so this is double paraphrase. Right. I'm now paraphrasing a paraphrase. Is uh, you go into the hills and you give your energy to the city and it gives it back to you. Now, I think the point of that story was for everybody to go, what a fucking loon. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you. I go on walks. I don't give a shit. Yeah, mom I'm, walks. I, oh, God, you fucking sharpshooter. You talk as women do. That in, was, in whispers behind bars. That was samurai sword level. That was samurai sword through silk. You threw a scarf in the air, and you just let it land on the blade. What? And I went, what are you doing? And you went, I'm a craftsman. You're a drill. You're so much of a craftsman. I go into the hills. And I don't care. Mm-hmm. These are private things you're not supposed to say. But I look at all of Los Angeles from, mm-hmm. from the hills. I see the observatory and the Hollywood sign. And I just kind of breathe it in. I don't care. I don't care what this means to people. If sure. That sounds strange. I breathe it in. I feel it. And I do feel a little bit of me giving it back. And I think crazy shit that I'm about to share with you. Like, I'm not in Los Angeles. Los Angeles isn't me. I go, this is my town. I can't be stopped. These are things that I think. Do I believe that? I can be stopped. I've been stopped so much more than I've not been stopped. Right. But I, it doesn't hurt me to think 
And I know I'm in Los Angeles. Los Angeles isn't in me. But it doesn't hurt me to think those things. Sure, to to have these positive affirmations. It puts me in a good place. So when I hear you saying that, I go, I bet Dane and I have some similarities when it comes to the things that as these scared anxiety boys hanging out with their moms who, again, were in different levels. I understand that. But go on to do this weird job. I believe you've come up with some things that that have reprogrammed your brain and, and maybe help your brain. That's what I'm putting to you. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, and I think just you know, when it, in terms of that particular quote or that conversation, a couple things. And I like Steve, and I'm glad that we, you know, kind of came full circle with it because yeah. Steve is a really talented guy. I believed it even the day that Steve and I had that uh, breakdown in communications. Yes, but what I what I kind of took from that was. Everybody's going to take away. Everybody has their own idea of what uh, what a conversation is, especially when there's some angst and there's some you know not not goodwill in that moment. Right. People take uh, a different perspective. You hear things sometimes the way that you want to, want to hear things. That's a Tarantino thing. And also, you say things sometimes uh, without actually thinking things through. I think that we were both probably in some respect guilty of that. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't really talk too much about. Steve and I talked about it. I think in a really great way, a closure in a great way. Yeah. But um, I did share what I what I learned from that uh, was that you you know you can't always share um, uh, your your personal kind of uh, beliefs uh, with with everybody you know and uh, speaking of boundaries and how far people get to kind of come in with you I you know I didn't know Steve like that and I I think that uh, because I want to know people like that and I want people that close to me I think that I overshared a little bit yeah and I also think that. Uh, I was influenced by guys like Jim Carrey and people that I heard who'd gone to the top of Mulholland and and did that had like uh, a primal scream moment, you know, yeah. and uh, and uh, See, I, I, I resonate with that too. I yeah, didn't know that. and and I've and I you know kind of I shared maybe a little bit too much of myself uh, and understanding why at that time uh, Steve had uh, you know not uh, resonated or you know wanted to. Uh, come to a middle ground with something like that it made more sense to me later especially when i after uh the mark maron stuff of why uh why why we both kind of left that situation the way it was i don't i don't uh, take anything negative now from that but at the time it was uh and in fact even at the the moment that that uh it happened i remember feeling like well this was the right way to do things you know mm-hmm. two guys just sitting face to face and um, belly button to belly button. Belly button to belly button. I'm probably, not kidding. Probably I, I, literally. I, we've, literally. <laughs> we've kind of been doing that during the podcast, and it does work a little bit. But I had a lot of moments uh, of great uh, – I think in the last five years, I, I would even put the, that moment with, with Steve and a few of these other guys as like uh, some of the most important kind of learning experiences in my life because it also all trickled back to – if I don't really um, allow myself to be, uh, you know, what I what I truly am, uh, as a result of losing my parents and what grief really means and acceptance and uh, and uh, you know success and if I don't let it all in, I'm not the kid, just the kid from Arlington anymore. I, I have to let it all in. Then uh, I think moments like that, whether I liked it or not, kind of started to shake and jar me into being a better uh, person. And then my standup just got fun again really fun like in the last several years and i i, tr- I attribute it all to uh just being way more like i sat with tough people who asked tough questions and we hung out and you know and put it all on the table there was mm-hmm. no speculation anymore 
Mm-hmm. It was like, here's the story. The way I saw it, the way he saw it, we agree to disagree, or we agree. Right. And uh, and so, yeah, big, big turning point in my life. Well, what what of, what of that stuff... Because that that Steve thing feels resolved to me. I, I I'm cool. <laughs> like that matters. I'm cool with it, Dane. But <laughs> we're glad, Pete. You know that was one thing we talked about even that day. We didn't even know you said there's going to be this guy. It was almost like it was almost like Back to the Future too. You had gray sports almanac in your pocket. If an old man comes to you with ideas of comics who are soon to hate you, as a dad as a as a dad who drank, I hate Future Biff. I hate that character. I'm uncomfortable with that whole plot. And Marty coming to save. His mom is very Oedipal, and I resonate with it too much. Um, I want to know – I hear you talk about boundaries, so I don't want you to share anything that you don't want to. But do you feel some of that Jim Carrey stuff? Because I'm, I'm right up that alley in, in the reasonable way. Does writing a check for a million dollars and putting it in your father's pocket in his coffin get you a million dollars when you post-date it? I don't know. I don't think it hurts. <laughs> I uh, I've never put a lot of value in money. I've never been a person that uh, those were not the things that growing up we didn't have it. We were, uh, you know, we were welfare family at one point, especially after my dad. Also in junior high school, he he uh, he was he was politely asked to leave with a restraining order. Um, oh, wow. And so once he was gone, we were we were in some real uh, tough times. So uh, free lunch tickets, I think that was like the thing back in school. Um, I never really had a. Uh, uh, a uh, love affair with with money. I was never a person that needed a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always wanted a beautiful home someday, and I always thought about protecting my family someday. But I didn't often think about like, hey, I need like a one of a kind Boba Fett uh, in my yeah uh, and yeah. I didn't didn't need it a lot has of that a stuff. real man in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to hire the actual actor. I don't want any man. I want the man who um, played Boba Fett. So no, I never. I wish. Gosh, I wish that uh, that had. Um, brought me some kind of uh, next level enlightenment or but no no the money never did anything which is probably why not that it's something we want to get too deep into when it finally was uh, a lot of it was stolen from me from my brother right people always say how did that happen how did you not know that you know your brother was uh, uh doing this from you and, and the truth is because i never cared about the money right and so i never looked at it Yep. I just didn't I, – I knew that I was paying my bills that I needed to pay. And because I didn't live like some kind of uh, over-the-top lifestyle, it didn't, uh, it didn't matter, the money. Right, right, it right, was right. all about just um, uh, collaborations. That was a win for me. Like yeah. being invited into a group of people and saying like, we want you on this movie or in this right. TV show or in Access. this sketch. That's that was like way I would have paid to to be in a lot of those situations. Right, 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 right. So yeah, no, it was never. No about money, that. money's boring. No, no, no. Interesting people love money. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people who are so good at loving their money. I do know people really? that are like they just yeah, certain toys and certain things that they. And I'm not a I'm not uh, I'm not a uh, a person that uh, I'm not like a tight wad kind yeah, of person. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I like to do things. I I, I like to. Uh, um, I like to know that I have access to some great places because I can take care of my friends or well, a birthday party ask. can be in a cool spot sure. because uh, – so in that regard, it's it's the shit. What do you, um, <laughs> where do but, you draw the line with treating your friends? You got your you got your, uh, you know, your Aldale Bennies. <laughs> what, what do you mean I draw just, the line? What I mean is um, you are doing well financially and then you have your friends – uh, and let's say it's a, a lovely childhood friend. Do you feel like that's a? It, it, does that in, encroach? Encroach? 
does that uh, violate your boundaries if you send them to Tahiti? I, I haven't done that. Yeah, no, I, haven't, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've done some. Uh, I usually do things with my friends that uh, that tend to kind of symbolically say, um, y- "You would not be here unless you earn this for yourself." Mm. Uh, I'm not giving you something just for the sake of giving it to you. Like Earned I earn through friendship. I, I would say, like Al would would understand this, uh, and I and I, I really hope that he doesn't mind that I'm going to say this. But when I brought Al on my like second to last tour, and there were some people that were like, "Why does he get the spot?" You know, I brought I brought Al, I brought uh, Bobby Kelly, and I'd started with these guys, but I didn't just give Al the spot because we started together. I loved that the original kind of trio of guys could go, but I gave Al the spot because I'd been watching him back at the factory after many years of doing nothing, Mm -hmm. uh, getting back into it and being funny, making me laugh, making the crowd laugh, and he was doing the work again. So there was not like a, hey, let me throw you a bone. Sure. I don't know, like Elvis, you hear these things, I bought everybody a house and everybody had like their own fridge in in Graceland with what they wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, No, I don't think my friends know that. My friends realize that I'm not, uh, money doesn't connect uh, us. And I think that people who years ago used to maybe hang with me because of some kind of shine they got from a spotlight, they're, they're no longer... Uh, road dogs of mine, um, and I think that the important people in my life that uh, just like me for uh, what I am away from all this stuff are yeah. they're still there. Yeah, and a lot of them aren't in the industry. You know, people that are just like East Coast regular people. Right. That uh, you know, we don't even talk about this stuff. That becomes very valuable. But you go to dinner yeah. with them. Is it assumed that you're buying? Um, is it assumed that I'm buying? No, because no, they'll still you know, Al and I. I got it. Al's taken me for lunch many times. Sure, but I, I like to take him out for the big dinner once in a while. <laughs> I like to be that guy. That feels pretty good. Well, it's a gift. It's a gift to yeah. you as well. Yeah, to feel generous, to have a to have a vessel to be generous into. Oh yeah, it's That's a uh, need. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, this talking about it is the most I've thought about it. Is that right? Yeah. The most, See, the most we've talked uh, about look, this right now is probably the most uh, I've ever given to a conversation. I probably should have given more with certain people in my life, hence you know, yeah. what happened with my brother. But, uh, was but he no. your business manager? Yes. See, that's, that always scares because I have a business yeah. manager and that terrifies me. It, it should. Yeah. And it would, that's why you should sit with him once a week and you should look at everything and you should never give power of attorney and sign your own checks. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, you got to do that. <laughs> My favorite thing is every agency that you're first with, right? And all, for all you young bucks uh, out there keeping uh, keeping notes, uh, like 101 of like coming to Hollywood, and take take whatever it is, a thousand bucks, twelve hundred bucks, incorporate yourself, and never let the checks go through your agents. Never let somebody else say, "Oh, we'll get the check and then we'll pay." Never. You get the check. You pay the commission. Huh? Always. Really? Yeah. Things get lost in the shuffle and. You know, you, you got to kind of self-audit and, and, gonna, and keep an eye on things. It doesn't right. have to be, like, uh, obsessive and all that. But, yeah. you know, I sit uh, – I, I do what I should have been doing all along. But, again, I trusted my brother inexplicably you know, in, in with – Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you have to, Pete. I believe – Al told me that the plan was to take everything. I was like, what, how were they planning on getting away with that? And then he's – I'm sorry. I hope I'm not betraying – we can always take it out if you don't like talking about this. But no, no. the idea – I was like, they took uh, – Three million dollars or something, and I was like, "How do they think no one was getting more?" Oh yeah, more. Yeah, it was probably around fourteen. Fourteen million dollars mm-hmm. they stole. See, then I'm like, "How do they think they're going to get away with that?" And he was like, "And correct me, me if he's wrong, they were going to take everything and disappear." I don't know what their intentions were. I just know that they were definitely on their way, and the reason they have you know served jail time and are still continuing to yeah. is because they thought they could. Uh, 
they could uh, whatever they thought they could do, they couldn't. Yeah. And uh, when they got caught, it wasn't just me. It was the state of Massachusetts. It was uh, a lot of people that had way more questions for them than even I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had betrayal questions because this was my brother and I, I loved my brother. Brother-in-law um, or was it? He, uh, my mom's previous marriage. Oh, Jesus. Older brother from my mom's previous marriage. Uh-huh. Um, and I, and I, I adored my brother. So yeah. it was entirely not about business. Yeah. It was not about business. It was, an it was emotional just thing. all personal for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that it was about my business and, and, and uh, things that went along with that was... Uh, just humiliating, actually. It yeah. was more humiliating because uh, then everybody knows. And, of course, not not only do people start to know, it becomes another story yeah. as it goes down the line. Yeah. And then it uh, and then also it becomes fodder for other people to say, like, yeah, you deserve it because uh, you're actually shit. And uh, then, like, people want to use it. Yeah. And they do, and they're good at it. And yeah. people, you know, there's some really professional haters out there, and they're very good at their job. That, that's actually, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, I'm kind of like, You know what? They should incorporate. Because. <laughs> and never give power of attorney. <laughs> All you haters out there, you got to protect yourself. <laughs> you, well, you've actually been, um, you have that great opener where you say, why come back? And you say, for the haters. I remember years ago, uh, Al Del Benny is your high school friend, and he's a friend of mine, and we were eating eggs in a diner after a show, and uh, I asked him... This who, pay, is, who paid? I paid. <laughs> <laughs> I made that up. I don't know why I said that. We definitely split it. We definitely split, split it. Split eggs? <laughs> yeah, oh. sure. <laughs> it was an expensive oh restaurant. God. And we also had uh, Crystal, so it's hard. That's a, eggs is like, I got this one. <laughs> You get the treats at the movie theater. I'll get the eggs. <laughs> treats. I, um, I remember I said to him, because he was touring with you at the time, mm-hmm. and I said, what does Dane think about all these haters? And he said, and I don't think this is true anymore, he said uh, he doesn't know. He doesn't seem to know. Um, you didn't seem to be aware at that time that you had a lot of people upset. I don't know when that was that you guys had that conversation. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't tell you I, because I don't know either. But it was probably around... Mm, 2005? Okay. Yeah, I think that probably I didn't – I wouldn't say I didn't know, but I think that I was uh, – I sheltered myself because my mom was ill. That was the beginning of when my mom was getting cancer and uh, would finally succumb to cancer. And, and my dad, like, back double shot of cancer with my with my folks. Yikes. Um, and so I would say, like, there was a good three- or four-year period where I was I, – I was not uh, – I, I was just like clouded. Sure, 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 sure. To put it quite easily. So, yeah, maybe, I don't know if I, I was aware. I mean, certainly was aware of, the, you know, I still conducted my business. I was, uh, you know, I was a performer first and, and had to, you know, do, do business with, you know, the, the, um, the arenas and places that I was performing in. But I would say, given the situation with my folks, and then my brother was on the tail end of that. So, like, pretty much like three deaths That's back a to back. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was probably not looking for uh, any more Negativity, negative. So maybe yeah. that's what he meant by that. Yeah. It, it is bizarre to me. I, I, I talk to Chris D'Elia on the show a lot. Um, and you come up on this podcast a lot, and I've told you that I'm a big fan of yours, and I always have been. And, um, you know, <clears> not that it's that big of a deal, but count you as one of my influences. And I think you've influenced... A lot of people, and what I think is actually funny is I think you've influenced a lot of people that would say they hate you, which I think is really, <laughs> really telling to me. I also, uh, to make, make it public, I think every com- uh, every comedian knows you a debt because more people come to comedy shows, specifically colleges. Mm-hmm. I told you one time, every college I did when I was really busting my butt trying to do these shitty college shows, shitty, right. uh, more people came because they thought it might be like the next Dane Cook could be here. Let's go see the comedian. Yeah, I think that that was uh, 
one of the goals as I started finding some popularity early 2000 was I want to make these shows uh, you know kind of a night to remember I wanted to feel like an event anywhere I could and so uh, if that lent itself to you know those colleges and other uh, you know clubs saying Hey, more people are showing up because comedy looks great. It did look then, good. Uh, then it that, that helps. Hu- it got a huge facelift. It definitely did. I, I think so. I think that uh, where I tried to, you know, do little nips and tucks was, you know, I saw in the '90s comedy albums were just very boring. They're very not boring necessarily the content, just like a jewel case with a silver. Yes, they were like where was that like 1970s album cover like yeah. feel? Why why can't why can't it be deeper? Why can't the whole experience right. be of the artists? Uh, you know, uh, why can't there be a theme and all the things? So, yeah. so I I wanted it to be like a physical thing that people could a CD again hold and look through and there's photos and I want to read the special thanks and who yeah, does he know and yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think if if do they that do great, they thank God do they that's all I always check do they thank God God I wish I could go back and edit those special <laughs> thanks now. <laughs> <laughs> and take God out. Um, oh, no, no, take no, some no, of the no, people no, no. out. Yeah, That's yeah, hilarious. But uh, but no, if, if that if that uh, if that was part of it, then uh, then it I was. definitely that was. Uh, and you helped make the album cool again. For, absolutely. I don't I don't know when it became uncool to love on you, but I'm loving on you right now. I think that was a good thing. And I and I know. Listen, I, I know it's a little annoying to compliment harmful if swallowed, but that's the album. That, uh, I, just, oh, I don't think that's annoying at all. It, oh, okay, I'm, it's just so long ago. It's my baby, I changed okay. my yeah, changed everything. Okay, you know, I, I just felt that may, one time I talked to you and, and I was quoting that album because that's the one I got retaliation and all that stuff. But that was the one that I was obsessed with, and then I stopped listening to other people's albums because it would influence me too much. Sure. That sort of thing. So I, I didn't stop paying attention. I don't. Bill Burr is one of my favorites. Never heard his album. Right. Never seen his specials. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, uh, you doing the colleges? What was I saying? People come out more. What the fuck was I saying? It doesn't matter. We were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Delia, Chris Delia. Yeah, Chris Delia came show. on the show, yep. and we were talking about him and him being an ambassador of silly. And me, like I was saying with uh, Filthy Cosby, is that what he calls himself, the ambassador of mm, silly? No, I just. I've is never, that like King of Pop or something? <laughs> yes, it is. I've never <laughs> said that. He ever called himself the ambassador? <laughs> I, I, That'd be rich. I, I, it's his new album. <laughs> it's his new book. I mean, at least go with Lieutenant. You're still kind of <laughs> Lieutenant Silly Ambassador. He. Uh, we were talking at length about how comics, in particular, resent comedians like you and Chris in a, in a certain way as well. Certainly, who develop a a, a new way of being funny, right. meaning. And I think you got it from Regan a little bit. I think you'd admit, don't float above me while I'm drowning in the abyss. That's synonym humor. You know what I mean? That Regan – I'm not saying he made it up. Right. But it was in that school. I remember being like, this is good. Uh, Gaffigan does that as well. There's, it became about language. You do that. But then there are other times when it's just like – it's it's movement. It's pace. Mm-hmm. It's the music of the audience and the performer pinging off each other. Sure. You know what I mean? And people don't like it. Because they can't do it. They don't understand it. It feels like a cheat code. You understand? Sure. And you're talking to somebody who does this. I do this professionally. Right. I try and be present with the crowd, engage them, find the code that's going to make them respond. Yes. And sometimes it's garbage. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's pure silliness. It's pure presence. It's pure goofiness. It doesn't matter. And then you 
turn that into an enterprise. And then when suddenly people go like, this motherfucker, sorry, but this motherfucker is selling out, I don't mean that, selling out Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Look at him tearing down the beads and look at him kicking in doors and all the punch, your punch sound and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Fuck this guy. Uh, we understand, Stephen Wright. There's the joke. You could text that to someone and they'd laugh. Where do I laugh with this? But it, it really feels like a type of alchemy that threatens people. And I think Dalia did it, and I think you did it, and I think it's a valuable thing for people to study. Being uh, at the epicenter of that, what yes. I can say is <laughs> people want to always focus on that very portion of it, and that exists, of, yes. of course, the, the animosity. But in that same exact moment, you're, I'm being reached out to by – I'm not going to go into name-dropping mode, but like the, the greats. Yes, the greats. Well, we got to get to see Martin. So, I mean, a couple of them like Steve Martin, but but great, great comics that I didn't have a relationship with, or um, uh, people like Lauren Michaels would reach out, not only want me on the show, but like, I mean, just in within that time of of backlash or whatever people want to call it, and uh, and some of it uh, pretty, you know, pretty rough, pretty like. Uh, you know, beyond just uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna put you through the spanking machine. Yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna turn the machine off while you're in it, and to where I'm like, hello, is anybody out there? Can I come out? <laughs> uh, was was a uh, was like a a, a, a a greeting, almost like a, an alma mater of these other people coming forward and saying, uh, you know. Uh, Whatever I, you know I appreciate what, that what you like? do. That sounds like your dad and your mom all over again. Well, it was it was that, and I got to you know, I got to hang with the you know a couple of, like Cosby, or I got to hang with Steve Martin, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they broke it down with me in a way that like fellow comics might be uh, you know kind of poo pooing on it. These guys were telling me exactly what I'd done right, yes, and they were uh, pointing out parts of performance that uh, were. Um, you know that they thought uh, that took a lot of time to get that ease of uh, you know movement. That's, That's not what easy I'm saying. It. So you you gener- you made it from nowhere. Now look, you want to talk about essence theft? And I don't give a fuck. I go to the Laugh Factory. I'll see seven Danes and me. <laughs> They're all wearing tight T-shirts and they suck, <laughs> but they commit. Not all of them suck. I'm talking about like some a couple of them will suck. They commit yeah. and they they do their hair. <laughs> These are stupid little things. And they and do <laughs> they do their hair, and they're muscly in a way that makes me uncomfortable. Hats. No, I, I'm not saying you do your hair, but I, I see an effort. I see an effort. Yeah. And uh, and uh, anyway, I, I'm just saying the essence it, stuff goes flattering. way way deep. It's flattering. I I love it. I really do. Now uh, yeah, there was sure. definitely a period where it was uh, a little bit more confusing to have that, but um, but I can look now and just be like. Once in a while, I see it happening right in front of me, and I will, uh, I will kind of be like, "Wow, I've been around twenty-three years. I've been around long enough to where it's like I have a, I have my, I have a style. Yeah, I have a thing." There was a guy in Bo- in New York that performed at the Boston that I called Dajian Cook. <laughs> I was very pleased with. Yeah, it. Yeah, those are some of my favorite. Sometimes my <laughs> friends will call and you know this guy they call him and it's like some play of of me. But yeah, um, but the thing that's I think been my favorite. Uh, to come out of that 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 time of like uh, you know where it was you know the there's the hills and the valleys is that I have formed some incredible uh, relationships with the the generation ahead the generations of comedy ahead of my group of graduating class yeah um, I, I just I, I've worked with Mel Brooks I I'm friends with Jerry Lewis like 
you know, I, I've spoken with uh, Richard Richard Lewis and like the mm. guys that I grew up, just like they're my gods. Yeah, and the fact that they give me a, a little bit of their life and sometimes more, um, it's I can't really tell you in words. And then like there's a whole crop of guys the last couple of years, the young kids, some of them 17, 18, 19, and the, and the fact that I can sit with them, tell them things like you got to incorporate, like teach, telling them. You know, I don't give a lot of comedy advice. I don't really like that so much. Like, this is how you do or be, because you got to find that, and it takes a long time to find your voice. But the, all the offstage stuff that right. I can identify that, like, hey, you might come into this. This is the kind of, you know, just letting you know. So, yeah, I may still have this weird rift, rift or whatever with sure. some comics that are in and around my time, but I don't think even they really know what that is about. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And Maybe I think a lot of them you've probably sat with. And I think that when you get into the, the nuts and bolts of it, I, I honestly don't think they really know why they're up, as upset as they are outside of maybe it's just like a little bit of uh, like, ah, man, he, you know, did he, you know, he got, he got enough. Did he have to get more? Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I think people, are, I'm guessing it became cool to not like you. That's true. Yeah, I and, did it for a while. It was a blast. Uh, <laughs> and also, you did in your creation of this. Uh, other type of comedy that we're kind of discussing. It did uh, – some knuckleheads got in through that door as well. I'm not talking about well-known people. I'm talking oh, about see. people that might not – that shouldn't necessarily be doing, doing comedy. We're like, oh, look at this guy. He, he has this hack to get into comedy and they didn't do the work. But you did do the work. You can write a joke and you learn performance. Right. And, and I, you I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's find those guys. <laughs> <laughs> what, what time? Let's start naming names, Pete. <laughs> What time is the show at the Laugh Factory tonight? <laughs> Let's talk about Steve Martin. When I saw you, you had sat down with him and he signed I'm, – I'm going to brag for you. He signed his book, Born Standing Up, which yes. everybody's read. Uh, he, he signed it to the only per- – I'm paraphrasing – to the only person that will understand this. He signed that to you. Yes. Is that about right? He did. He actually sent me two copies of it because one had gotten lost and then I'd gotten the word that uh, – uh, that he'd sent it, and I wrote back. I said, I never got a copy of a book by Steve Martin. Hmm. And then, uh, so he sent another one, and then the first one came. Huh. So the second one said, uh, you're the only person who might, you're the only person who, who would uh, understand all of this. Yeah. And um, that's true. And then... <laughs> uh, <laughs> you sent him back. That is true. Except, I, you know what part I didn't understand? He he really had a um, a, a real... Uh, disdain in his later years for stand-up and i've always had a uh, uh it's glamorous to me to this day i love stand-up comedy, yeah. and he really didn't can i say i had a weird but quickly ex- just quickly yes, so the second the first book then came oh, yeah. after and um he uh he wrote um stop doing my jokes no i'm kidding he wrote uh, <laughs> he wrote uh he um he wrote something really sweet. I can't remember exactly what it is. I don't want to, uh, to, to butcher it, but it was just nice, both of encouraging, that same thing. Good, encouraging, encouraging, yeah, yeah. and kind. Yep. I, I, I think I, I have a theory on why Steve Martin isn't you and didn't keep performing is that I believe that his persona didn't allow for him to keep performing. Going back to what we were saying about that but he was like, thing. I, really? I thought he was like the life of the party and he could, kind of, he could just kind of do anything up there. And there I was, don't think so. Really? Not at all. Have you seen uh, – did you get his uh, box set of his TV appearances? Mm-mm. Um, I actually don't recommend it. Okay. <laughs> because I lo- Let's Get Small is my favorite comedy album uh, and all three of those. I-, I can put them on shuffle. It doesn't matter which album they're on. I just love those albums. If you watch, there's an HBO special of him taping that here in Los Angeles and he looks – and this is a hero of mine. So it's not 
with pleasure that I say this. He looked so done with the act. And anytime he deviated or did something that wasn't on the albums, it became a spectacle. Hmm. It wasn't a guy. You said when you step on stage, you, you're more restricted. I believe he went on stage and he was more restricted. And I believe the book reflects as such that he went up and he was babysitting. They just wanted him to say Grandpa Bought a Rubber. Right. They just wanted him to do King Tut. And like if he did – it was like a pop band and if he did a new bit. People – listen to the privilege that we're in. People want to hear your new shit. Right. Wow. Yeah. No one wanted to hear Steve Martin's new shit. Fucking yeah. get out of the way. We bought the album. I'm on peyote. Do your thing, white sure. suit. And you're so far away I can't even tell if it's really you. I'm just going to scream whatever I want. You know what? And I, it seems to me like because he loves those uh, – he loves subtlety so much. He loves that kind yeah, of uh, hey. way deadpan, like when he's on Letterman's and stuff. And you know, it, it, so funny. Uh, so yeah, maybe to him it just was the furthest point uh, from the uh, you know original voice that he wanted to, yeah. to be. So he. So you met with him where? I met with him at a uh, little restaurant over in Beverly Hills. I asked him if I could take him to uh, dinner or something. He invited me to a lunch. And so downgrade. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bump the brakes, Diet Coke. Um, and so we, we uh, yeah, we met over there. And he's, you know, you've probably heard he's 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 just a very serious guy, and he's definitely yeah. a, um, you know, he is a, uh, a, a, a he's kind of a quiet man. And um, he said he was Yoda ish. Yes, I felt that from him. Uh, but again, I'm meeting somebody with my somebody my whole life i had this idea of like what would it be not like rupert pupkin like i pictured sitting and talking to him sure but like you know if i were to meet him or is it going to be uh you know we're swapping stories or yeah um but no no i found him to be uh you know kind of introverted i also can still be that way i am not uh i don't it's not an uncomfortable thing anymore but i know it's in there still so uh, if it was one of those days, then it, we probably could have had a very quiet lunch ha. and been uh, been oddly comfortable with that because I could tell he was comfortable yeah. in, in not being uh, whatever I'd anticipated and I believe vice versa. Yeah. But what came out of it was just a really uh, – kind of like this, just no no pauses uh, and a nice banter back yeah, and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's with a little, huge. With a little bit of talk of uh, industry to where uh, he'd asked me, he said um, – he said, uh, you really love it, don't you? Meaning like the, the, the bigness and the performance. And I, and I kind of like, I was like, yeah. Like I got excited. And he goes, yeah, I never felt that. Yeah. And he meant it. And it was like, Ugh. So I knew it wasn't going to be a conversation where we're like uh, talking about high talent and out to, you know, yeah. it was, it was going to be just, you know, a little bit more reflective of, uh, you know, what else is in your life. He loves art, you know, so yeah. we talked a little bit more about, cause I'd been, uh, I bought my first home at the time. So we were talking about things that were more kind of chummy mm-hmm. and uh, real life stuff and very little bit about. Uh, Did you ask it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I have a billion questions. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Did you ask him about comedy? Like why he kind of – I know he talked about it in the book a little bit, but did you um, – A little bit, but you know what? I really respected his – I just got a feeling that it was like uh, that's not w- what kind of defines him now in his life. Mm-hmm. And, if he ch- and if he chose to ask me some questions or he wanted to say, by the way, this is something I remember. How do you deal with this? I think that he was uh, much more interested. You know, I, I think at one point we talked about uh, a, a script that I was writing that I said, you know, I, I, I'm writing something with you in mind. And uh, and uh, he was more interested maybe in, in, in oh, what is that about? And kind of huh. talking about something that was more uh, present. 
yeah. don't think I don't think he, he he's know. not living in the past. No, 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 no. There's no glory days. There's playing a great the... uh, Steve Martin. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the car. He said, and he had the serious radio on, and he it was a comedy channel came on, and he heard a bit from a young man, and he was like, "This is this is pretty funny." And then he the DJ said it was him. He, like he looked on the thing, and he yeah. said it was Steve Martin. He just has no memory <laughs> of it. I always I always look. He at also the... killed a family in Montana, <laughs> 1978. <laughs> With, an arrow, with arrows through the head, actually. It was very disturbing. Was this, that's his calling card. <laughs> I think it was Steve Martin. Shut up, rookie. Now, let's see. <laughs> that was my. That was me doing. Let's, uh, um, you know what I'm going to I'm going to buy you a little gift, by the way. You guys are getting a little gift. I'm sending you over a Dyson fan after this. this we can turn this on. Oh, my God. I have a Dyson fan. Those are nice. But Yeah, aren't those great? Well, how do those work? I don't know. I just stare at it like, wow, how are you doing this? The world is magic. It's magic. What kind of soap do you use? Soap? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, like some some kind of soft soap. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's not the old fashioned bar. Like I'm not using. Oh, like you're a, using a body wash. Yeah, yeah, it's like a body wash. So you're yes. not a jerk. I'm a jerk. I buy like a fancy body wash. I'm interested in what people is spend. It a fancy, but like an Olay. Are, are you saying it's is it like Loxiton? Le- lo- Loxiton. What? Yeah, I get compliments on the aroma. Dave. You get compliments. You're walking around smelling like the same thing as the cashier who sold it to you. How you philistine? <laughs> How do we get here, Pete? That was a non sequitur. Yeah. For no reason. That was a non interesting. <laughs> I find it very interesting. Soap? That you Stop. don't you don't use a I, premium I don't soap. believe I believe that you thought you wrote that down. No, look in that wall. It's a soap. First question. Those are the random questions you can what? ask at any moment. You have notes yeah. hidden around this room. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been in a fight? What's the last thing you Googled? Do you want a fake laugh with me until it turns into a real laugh? Oh my god. What do you think about before you fall asleep? Look. There are more important things. So many things. <laughs> I want to let. Oh, did you, you said that? Uh, is this true? I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw some. Dang- is, this, is this part of the show? Yes, this it's is it on time the show. for. Is this true? No, most most guests don't have lore surrounding them. <laughs> I'm gonna throw some Dane lore at you. Oh boy, you before you had any TV credits, were making twenty grand to college. True. Fuck you, man. How did you do that? No, I'm happy for you. I'm so that's that's great. But I remember when I started doing colleges, I was like, I don't have any credits, I don't know what I'm doing. And people were like, Dane generated interest. College kids loved him. They wanted him to come back. Uh-huh. And you started pulling in twenty grand in the eighties, nineties, nineties? Late late nineties. Late nineties. Of course not the eighties. Okay, but can I just say that uh what what helped that to come to fruition was you know, Sandler had uh, been touring colleges uh, even, even when he was on SNL. I was doing a bit of touring. And he was... <laughs> <laughs> Pete likes himself, and that's what I like about Pete. As long as Pete's happy, everyone's happy. Big fan. <laughs> big fan. I'm a big fan. I have all my album. Ah, um, ah, God, that was fast. <laughs> I have all my album. That was good. Um, Look, I don't have all of Wait a albums. second. So... Yeah. Adam Sandler. So Sandler was uh, uh-huh. just cleaning up at yes. the colleges, and then he kind of stopped. He was not doing, and so some that there was a void. How did you know there was a void? Because everywhere I went to do a show for next to nothing was like, we're getting Sandler, or we had Sandler, or you know they still wanted that uh, that Sandler show. So I remember feeling at the time like, hey, you know what, my show's pretty uh, pretty excitable, high energy. So I just started. Sending out fucking tapes to anybody and everybody, and saying I probably had more time than I did. Yeah, and uh, you mean you had to do an hour? You didn't have an hour yet? 
No, no, not not like a real hour. No, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. You know, I had like uh, I can I can uh, fake it till I make it kind of hour. Right. But um, but I, and I remember. So I did a few schools, and they were larger schools in New England. And then the word just got out. It basically was like it, it was it was uh, not because I probably deserved a certain amount of money. It was literally just these schools have money to throw at someone. Yes. Everybody knew how much they were thro- throwing at Sandler. Yeah. So they had no choice when they needed yes. entertainment. That we could ask for a slightly higher bump because there was already word of mouth through and you the have New England to spe- schools. You have to spend your budget. You have to. That's what it was. That's they the had thing. to spend their budget, and I was um, I was also a big uh, another thing. I, looking back, where where are things that helped me? The power of no and saying no to things. And when people hear you're the kind of guy that doesn't just take everything that comes. Uh, People, it helps. Are, people are really interested in that. Yes. I love that. It's, yeah. it's a turn on. It, so I knew when to say, like, uh, you know, you know what? D- say no to this region, and once they get word that I'm only performing in this region, they're going to be like, "Can he p- please come here?" Because we're hearing great things right. from the students and the faculty and staff from that show. So it just kind of it, it got to that point. Yeah. Were you doing a real college act? You know what I mean? I was doing a. I was doing what I felt like was uh, a club act with a little bit more of the so you guys partying or drinking or like some of the drinking material mm-hmm. came from what I mm-hmm. saw at the schools. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, no, it was like the act that I honed in Boston just with a, a – I was a kid. I was a college kid. So and one of my favorite stories was I walked into a college. I was 24 years old, and uh, I, I was looking for uh, where I was going to be performing. I remember like a, a, a teacher, somebody in charge came up to me and, and kind of said uh, with self-importance like um, – Oh, it's that way. You're looking for the show? And I said, I am the show. Ah, and I loved it. I was like, I'm 24, and I'm performing for like... I am the show. Yeah, it was great. It was great until they got my name wrong on the check, and it was Dance Cook. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> they did not um, write dance. Oh, yeah. I got all that. Yeah. That was the Mad Magazine, Dance Cook. So, so it was cool. Like There was a good chunk of time when I was just out there and doing it as... Uh, just a comedian without any preconceived idea. I was I literally walking into three, four, five thousand people who didn't really know me. Yeah, and I love that because a lot of people in this uh, industry will say, "I would be doing that if I had a credit, or if I had a manager, if I had an agent, or all right. these things in the way." Yeah, and you perpetual motion machine. Yeah, I had little things. I had little like a premium blender. I had like little yeah. things that started to pop in yeah. around that time, and that just fortified what yeah. what I uh, the, a bit of the, a, a bit of the momentum that I feel like I had just kind of saw what Sandler was doing in in the gap that was not there, and was like, let me just try to fill that. Yeah, I was, I was very lucky actually because if he stayed on the road, then yeah. I, I those. Those that money probably would have gone to get in Sandler, and that was a big shift, wasn't it? Was it like less money, and then that was probably big money? Uh, yes, for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like scraping by to oh yeah, yeah. maybe no, not yeah. scraping by. I went, f- yeah, it was definitely like lean years up until the last, you know, like ninety seven or ninety eight, and then that started to happen. But everything yeah. before that was terrifying. I'm so happy to hear that, Dane. Lord, yep. is true. That one, that one inspired me as I <laughs> drove around. My college rate is still a lot lower than that. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk. Uh, let's talk soon, man. <laughs> I gotta, you got some things popping. I gotta get. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and oh, we didn't. We got to talk about girls now. Um, what? We only. Unfortunately, I have to go at two, which sucks because I, I really I feel like I could talk to you forever, and we have to cover uh, sex and God. We've kind of covered comedy pretty good. Um, sex meaning relationships. Yes. Um, it sounds to me, from what I've seen of your stand-up, that you've had your heart broken a lot. 
Um, I, I wouldn't say heartbroken, but I've definitely had tumultuous kind of uh, relationships. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I've seen you performing sad or, or hurt. Uh, if you're talking about, again, over like, not in the last couple of years so much, but prior to that. Yeah, it's been years. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely, there. yeah, there was a definitely, uh, a, um, a, right, right around, you know, oh, 07, oh, 08, oh, 09, that yes. it was tough. Well, when we're talking about being uh, present and being a real person and yeah. trusting people and uh, uh, and sharing yourself and boundaries and all that sort of stuff, you are you a single man now? No. Oh, you have a you have a, a six-month relationship. A six-month yeah. relationship. And, and a great one. Ah! Yeah, really happy. You salty dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Cape Cod potato chip. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said that before. I know. You shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me everything because I'm I'm fascinated with this idea of first of all we need love we're better with love right. we agree with that secondly uh, at your level people know you mm-hmm. and I don't just mean know who you are I'm not right. talking about getting recognized they know what you're about to a certain extent sure we, we're kind of past going out for coffee or I'm going to say you're past going out for coffee how did you meet this person how did it start to flourish I don't uh, you know some things are I keep some things private very private um, especially too because you know as comics we, we blend a lot of uh, eras into our comedy sometimes to get a to get a point you know we all have that thing where there's two things I notice well one thing everybody notices about comics where it's like um a couple of weeks ago, I'm hanging out with my buddy. It was actually 14 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah And, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. we changed the the, right. the the time. Or I just broke up with somebody. And then I noticed way. something very recently that uh, I have the weirdest observation sometimes. Whenever comics are talking to um, you know regular people about um, what it is to be a comic, we always compare ourselves in the story by making the comedian a plumber. <laughs> Tell me what you mean. In other words, we go like, uh, yeah, no, no, it's like, yeah, hey, say something funny. You know, if you knew a plumber, then you would say to him like, hey, lay some copper tubing down. We love, we love to use yeah. plumber analogy. Can't, I have some. Mine is always barber, I think. I can't remember what mine is. It's once you realize it, you <laughs> look for a plumber. Yeah, yeah, whatever. If a comics <laughs> on a Tonight Show or something, and, and they go off, they'll be like, "Yeah, that's." It's like saying to like a, a plumber. We always go yeah, plumber. Yeah, comics yeah, go yeah. plumber. <laughs> you heard it here first, you folks. Heard, comics go home. Comics he, come home. What kind of shampoo do you use? Uh, I use an organic. <laughs> Whole food shampoo. It's very important. It's a B vitamin complex. It's a quarter magma, actually, <laughs> melted from the it's volcanoes of a placenta. <laughs> the girl that I'm with, now, the the girl that I'm with now is uh, is tremendous. She <laughs> oh is sorry. she is uh, she is a what I really what I really love about my relationship now is it's a person that accepts and understands me for everything that uh, that I am. I know that sounds like really broad, but the truth is I was always in like a certain it seemed like I was always in a certain era with a relationship. My first serious relationship in 1999, it was like my I'm starting to become somebody and all the weird things that goes along with that and her seeing me change and suddenly I'm like somebody knew me at the grocery store today and uh, you know mm-hmm. all that that the 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 ego and things that go along with that for the first time being somebody after you know years of feeling like you know like we talked about sure. still that kid from school yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I had a relationship 
um, right around when my mom got sick. And that was my second really like long term. This girl had no sympathy in her for like I'm dealing with uh, extraordinary, you know, grief, difficult circumstances. And like I'm in it for years with this person going, like, oh, I'm not getting anything. I'm I'm also having this stuff happen. I'm giving, giving, still yeah, giving, giving yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and protecting and not not getting any of it like myself. So it was like I never had a relationship that I think either um, that was consistently like, hey, we can talk day to day about what's happening. And I have that now and uh, and she has that with, with me. So mm-hmm. that's uh, – she's like my best buddy. I've never also never said uh, that about a girl. That's great. Yeah. Like it's always been – oh, it's my girlfriend. It's my chick. But it? also good boning? Also <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear about the sex, my next album will be in stores. Um, it's a double album. It's a, a lot uh, of sex. It's 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 <laughs> it, it's uh, it's a healthy relationship. You okay? <laughs> I just like that so much. I like that answer. I, I'm just because we have, we have sex on Monday nights, Pete. Who does that? <laughs> That's our off night. No, we have sex on Monday nights. That's for Dateline. <laughs> you. Uh, Here's another thing I'm interested in. You, and this feels a little awkward now because you're in this good relationship, but I know you've uh, tasted the buffet of, of, of sex. I'm saying you've been this guy. Mm-hmm. You said on stage, I've heard you say on stage, I'm a busy guy, so I have a lot of three ways. Uh, do you remember saying that? Yeah, uh, threesomes. Three ways are phone conversations. <laughs> I also have those sometimes to expedite business. Three-way. I actually have three-way uh, phone sex calls. That's how busy I am. I didn't have time to get together with these girls. <laughs> You're calling two 900 yeah, I got, numbers. I got two, two calling in a have a three-way. <laughs> That's good. You should. Yeah. And what are I you wearing? You. <laughs> hold, please. Hold on. Hold on one second. Um, tell me. Uh, so I, I'm just saying, oh, that's my drive jacket. I ordered a Somebody's drive jacket. Here. Drive? The movie Drive? Yeah. Okay. It's the black one. Yeah, you ordered that jacket. Is it mine? Yeah. Let's see it. We're gonna we're gonna talk about how you go from three ways to your to your girlfriend. <laughs> Here's Pete asking me what I'm doing with my money. He's buying memorabilia <laughs> to wear. Okay, let's see it. Yeah, come on. All right. That's cool. I hope it fits. It's not gonna fit. I don't think that's gonna fit. Go ahead, put that on. It's not gonna fit. Go ahead, Pete. I can't put it on. This is like Farley. Go ahead. Let's see. Does it fit? You know what? Oh, that looks great. I think that fits. Oh. Mm-hmm. Daddy Gosling. I don't know if it can zip. No, it zips. Look Holy at shit. How does it make you feel, Pete, when you put that chip? How do you feel? It makes me feel like I'd like to pick you up from a, like a non-specified burglary and take you in a car ride that takes place entirely in the car. And then murder me in a motel room? <laughs> yeah. With my as foot. the door gently closes <laughs> on its own? Who closed that door? <laughs> What bothered me about that scene? <laughs> That's insane. Wait, who'd he kill in a motel room? Uh, Zed. I don't know. <laughs> That's Pulp Fiction. I know. Zed's Sorry. dead, baby. So uh, what I'm trying to get at is you go from... How much did that cost? <laughs> I will never tell you <laughs> on the air. It was $250. <laughs> I asked Conan O'Brien. Ryan Gosling gave him this jacket. And I first tried to get it from Conan O'Brien. I said, okay. give me that jacket. 
and now I just made it worse. I'm spending two hundred and fifty dollars on yeah. jackets, but first, don't I worry, I I'm still a drilled, regular person. He drilled me. He came at me from all angles, uh, and then he has the jacket from Drive delivered during our interview, and has to open it and put it on to show me what he got with his money. <laughs> and I didn't even write the check. My business manager. I'm just kidding. I, I bought it myself. Guess who made it weird. Just me? Me? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> what I'm wondering is you go from uh, buffet sex, threesomes. I, ooh, okay, well, I don't even know. What, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Tasting the array. In other words, you're saying I went from uh, you know just uh, dry land and then suddenly it was uh, a yes. bevy. Yes. So now you're having interesting sex and now you're dating somebody. Yes, but I had a nice long run where I was uh, – uh, you know, I enjoyed being a single man. Out of your And system? sometimes I enjoyed not being a single man, but yes. that'll all be in the book. Um, You're writing a book? I'm attempting to write a book. Oh, really? Yeah. Something's cooking? Mm. I'm not even going to... I wanted that to sit... I wanted everybody listening to go, what just happened to the sound levels on... What? It feels like the air just got sucked out of my... But you know what they couldn't hear? Your undeniable smile. <laughs> You smiled at that. You really are regretting. So, um, what are you getting at, Pete? I'm getting at it. What I want to know is how. You want names of women that I betted? No, and you'll never know these. Never names. at all. Never, not once. I'll what I want to know is how an uh, an a, an atypical. I was just going to say, I'll tell you what I pay for the jacket. I already told you, an atypical person, meaning yes. a person kind of off the grid, does something that's for the grid. Okay, wait a second. Hold on. Off the, you t- are we talking about spies? <laughs> you are. <laughs> You are uh, rich, famous, successful, well-known, boning two girls at once. I've, I'm not boning two girls at once. I had that experience for a while in my life. I and didn't. now you're going to Panera with your girlfriend. <laughs> no. And look, I'm not judging Panera. I want to know how you go from the highway to the rural roads of a traditional relationship and find love and find a normal person who doesn't see you. Oh, it's you. easy because I've all... Uh, I, yes. yes. The others... From my side, I've always been... Uh, you know, the show... The show is the show. The show doesn't follow me home. The show is not like a posse of people that come with me after. There's not like a weird after party that, that then I go home. I, I like being home. I'm pretty much like a... Uh, a, a I'm a regular... I'm kind of a homebody, I guess you could say. Yes. So... That stuff's easy for me. I didn't have to downshift to like, oh, I'm with a square now. I got to like... Uh, <laughs> I'm with a square. Yeah. No, not at all. So it was easy. It was just like finding somebody who also had those same kind of interests of like, hey, you know, part of my life is uh, extraordinary and like... Uh, is, she, is part of her life extraordinary? Well, she's not an entertainer. Uh-huh. She's not... But she's uh, been in and around it, so she's aware of it. Yes. But it doesn't do her any... You know, She's not interested in any way of being... Uh, 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 headlining performer somewhere doing you know doing that that's something that these relationships that interest me so mm-hmm. much that's something they have in common it's somebody that their hair isn't necessarily blown back by what it is you do yes they respect it and they enjoy it they're not necessarily uh, uh, fangirling right you. no um, and also, I'm I'm right there with you. I love PJs and ice cream and and staying in as mm-hmm. much as I go out. That's what we do for work. It's great to stay in, and you're looking for that excuse to hole up and just kind of calm down a little bit. Yeah, no, I like I, I like entertaining as well. So it's like we have people over, or we you know will host a game night or things like that. Yeah, and uh, you know we like it real easy. That's the thing. Also, it's <laughs> like Sunday morning. <laughs> I love your sides. 
You should work at Boston Market because you've got great asides. <laughs> Mashed potatoes made from Mac powder. Mac and cheese, please. Yes, double. <laughs> I'll double it for you. No charge. Homestyle gravy. We knew when it was called Boston Chicken. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Look at us. We go way back. Way back machine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no. So again, I know this is probably the most kind of lame part of the conversation because there's n- not a lot to it. We're uh, we're both really happy. I can I, I can definitely say it's the first relationship that I've had to where I feel like um, all that matters is like what we uh, you know accomplished kind of with each other in the moment. It's not about uh, my goals and future career stuff. She's supportive. She gets it. Uh, she knows I'm tenacious and, and love it. But um, she also realizes that I'm actually just a regular guy. And she saw that. Because we were friends for a long time before we actually became oh, okay. lovers. Uh, which was even better. Yeah, we were, like, we were like friends. We got to know each other pretty much as, uh, as friends before we uh, consummated. So now you have... <laughs> so now... That's great. It's that, that's what we're looking for. Right. The closeness. And she understands... You're going uh, on a... I remember the first moment my penis entered her and I just whispered, bye-bye, friend. (laughs) (laughs) And then as I took it out, I said, hello, lover. (laughs) I find (laughs) bye-bye, friend is terrifying. Bye-bye, friend. You know a bit of yours I love is I'm going to fuck that baby. You know that bit? Yes. I love that bit. I love when you just tell a punchline of mine. It doesn't... I didn't want to ruin the whole bit. (laughs) You did. (laughs) Now they just think you're going to fuck a baby. It's my big closing bit. Is it? That's the only thing I would have you cut out. Is that right? Yeah, whatever. Cut it. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. No, it's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Keep it. I'm not hiding anything here. All right. Well, love is good. Let's talk about God. And if God doesn't do us well, we'll go back to fucking. Okay. Um, I feel like maybe either you didn't want to talk about it or you didn't really get into it, the idea of spiritual energy, giving your energy to the hills and that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. If that relates to your answer, that's great. It doesn't have to. I'm. You were raised a, a Catholic. Yes. Um, it, it, do you love the Lord now? <laughs> I'm not a practicing Catholic. Yeah. I'm definitely a person of, uh, of faith, but I'm a little bit more open to the idea that uh, not all the stories that we hear in the Bible. I mean, I... Uh, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, sometimes I'm very confused. And I, I'm also a person that I'm really uh, turned on by science mm-hmm. and I love tech. And so the more I've learned about that and kind of expanded my mind there, there's way more questions about like origins of religion. Uh, that being said, I do. Yeah, I have a strong faith. And I, but I mix it with science. Energy's forever. I believe that we're always existing in some form. And do you believe your consciousness exists in some form? How so? Is your dad and mom? Uh, you know, I'm not trying to oh, be disrespectful. Are, are no, you're they not. Still around? Are you talking to them? Uh, I still feel them around me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely safe place. No weird answers. Yeah, no, no. I, I, that's the point of the show, right? You yeah, make yeah, it a little weird. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's. Uh, let me think how I can make it weird. Sometimes I have sex with my mom's ghost. <laughs> I made it weird. No, uh, the Freud, the ghost of Freud, loves that. <laughs> I feel. I feel like there is uh, definitely a. Uh, uh, a, a, a pulse of positive energy around me that uh, in times when I still, you know, and uh, it happens to all of us, I feel like, man, you know, I'm getting uh, I'm getting wailed on by the universe here. Uh, the I may not be hearing the verbal words of my mother and, and father anymore, but uh, but something uh, speaks to me from within. Yes. Yeah. Use the force loop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I definitely feel their presence. So, okay. So when it comes to your, do you fear death? Um, no, you no, no, I, I don't think a lot about death, but I know that like, 
may sound silly, but like sometimes you're in a plane and there, it's very turbulent. It's and I've always, always plane. yeah, and I've always thought like, all right, if it happens, like uh, I, I don't get overwhelmed by that. Is that, that right? By that thought, yeah. So the plane is turbulent, and your thought is, yeah, and I've been in some pretty uh, harrowing. Uh, you know, landings and a couple of like small planes that like are getting yeah. whipped around sure. up in uh, uh, when you go to do the uh, comedy Aspen. The, Aspen or something like mm-hmm. that. And it's like, and you hear, oh, a plane crashed yesterday. I mean, we're going to take the same route. We're yeah, landing. yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I don't get overwhelmed by the. That's the, how they the navigate, that. take a left at the last crash. <laughs> <laughs> Just follow the crashes. The beacons are the fires of the other planes. <laughs> so you're not worried. You're not worried about specifically any sort of judgment. Are you Are you looking forward to some sort of understanding of what the universe is, meaning some sort of trippy, I'm out of my body now and I, I, I absorb the knowledge of the universe? Man, I, you know, I don't think too much about this. I don't really uh, – I, I don't uh, – yeah, I don't think I really go there in terms of like uh, thinking of is it going to be like a video game? Is there another level? Is there another? Uh, I just kind of feel like uh, I understand there's a feeling of there's something more, but um, too small to really expound upon that. Dogs trying to understand the internet. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah. What about the world being a simulation? Do you ever feel that way? Sometimes I'm really interested. I read a thing on Google Plus about uh, about. Um, these two scientists and I, I'm, I'm not even going to try to say their names, but they're basically saying that we're in a matrix and yeah. that this is like all a program that we, you know, right. we chose. Sometimes I can understand that because I can actually look at my life and say there are certain things that are just so uh, oddly, like you know, to serendipitous, just so almost like who? What are the? I would like to know the odds of like having this level of success in this same year that like both my parents are going to be sure. get cancer and like right. um if you believe anything of you know the pendulum swings you know okay it definitely did if it went this far into good and success it went that far into hardcore and and, uh, and scary so yeah uh there's there's definitely something to be said of like you know yeah is it is this all part of a a program, yeah. A pat. Well, they, they're that hypothesis. If I, I remember reading that as well, if I'm remembering correctly, that we're in the. It basically is the Matrix. That in the future they want to simulate everything, including what life was like. Now there's there's a chance that we are in that program. Yeah, I just had a great, uh, you know, Rick Overton. Yeah, I love Rick, and I, I he was, gave one of the best God answers on this podcast ever. Uh, I, I believe it because yeah. we actually got into a bit of this on on his, and we were talking. I was telling him about the next uh, stage of like video game evolution. Yes, I'm a big gamer, and and these new systems are coming out at the end of the year, and I was like, Wait, remember how you really? felt this year? Ooh. Because I truly think that. Uh, when these new systems come out and the power that they actually have now, like seven years later since the last you know systems came out, I think it's going to be a defining, generation-changing moment because I think that this is going to be the first uh, generation that's going to come up living in some kind of like I, I was describing like there's there's they're so uh, amazing, incredibly enhanced, and so the programming and the just the amount of color and it's just so lifelike and being on 24 seven and as broadband and things get faster and yeah. more capable of kind of being always on that. Uh, these new games they're talking about are, are going to be like, uh, you know, worlds that you li- like world of Warcraft or something yeah. like that. But yeah, like, yeah. imagine that, but now sandbox. like completely, yeah, it, probably a never ending sandbox right. or will right, continue right, right. to like new servers are added. Now it's, it's uh, 50,000 miles right. further or whatever. Like you'll right. never be able to journey the distance. Right. 
whatever that means. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. When you get Grand Theft Auto and you're like, there's another town. Yes. And and they'll just – but you won't be able to get to that another town before they make so you, the next one. So you imagine – and this is just of our generation and of, of the next thing that's coming that's going to be incredibly um, dynamic – that there's going to be people that are rushing to get home to live. Mm-hmm. That's right. I got to get home. So that's where I'm alive. In. I believe Truly alive. Not just like I play a game now and it kind of makes right. me feel like, oh, I'm playing multiple. And it's competitive alive. Yeah. I think it's gonna, we're going to see people that uh, kind of uh, – they're, they're unhappy in their real right. skin right. And, and they will be something more. So if that's coming now, Imagine. 50 years from now, yeah. are we going to be like, it's now a helmet. Of and I am fed intravenously. I get nutrition. Yeah. I go in for a week. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm game jumping for a week. You yeah. won't see – You will, you, And you have a job. Within the game. In the game. Yeah, like these uh, like these paid. Chinese game players are, are gold miners. There's actually uh, gamers in um, in these World of Warcraft, and they're hired, and they live, and they mine the gold. And there was actually a big uh, article about how they've basically just, like, all the gold in the games are, are already being uh, mined and taken by these Chinese entities, and then they're selling them on eBay, so it's real. It's right. a real money-making business, Yeah. so you think that, okay, maybe more of that is going to take place. That's wild. Yeah, it is. It's really, uh, it's almost too much to even let yourself spiral into, but yeah, I love it. I'm fascinated. I, me so, too. So, what will it be in 100 years? Yeah. Are we going to be existing in some... Uh, but here, in 100 years, is that when we created this? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Right. Like, I'm, one of the goals of my we life... We unplug from it, and we're like... Yes. We are being the end of the game is when you discover that yeah. you can create the game. But what's weird about movies like The Matrix, uh, and then you get on the Necromancer and you, <laughs> good pull, <laughs> good pull. I played that video game. That was not a good game. And you go to see the Oracle. <laughs> yes, but the things about those things is the, all those movies and all these ideas are based on real ancient spiritual beliefs. Right. One of the goals of my life is to appreciate the world we're living in because I, I tell this to people in my meditating. And we'll get to that. I'd like to hear if you do anything like that. Is I try and appreciate the world as if – what if I told you that we're actually in my apartment right now? You came to my apartment. Okay. And I gave you a helmet and you're in this. And this is a simulation. Mm-hmm. And I've said this on the show before, but I love sharing the idea. You if, – or if I told you this was a dream, you would be so fascinated with how real the water bottle felt. Look, it's splashing. I can hear it. Yes. But we should have that level of fascination for the real world. And I, I think that's one of the goals – or I th- felt that way when you put that drive jacket on. That's worth the money. I was like, now. I'm alive. God damn it, I'm alive. <laughs> I said that to myself. That was my inner monologue. Or a time traveler. If you were a time traveler and you came back to 2013, you'd be going around going like, look at these mics. That's so 2013. Yes. Look at what you're wearing. <laughs> look at those shoes. <laughs> Just like if you went to the 70s. If we could have that for today, we'd be happier people. Do you meditate? I don't, but I actually spoke to you about... Oh, that's uh, right. I emailed it to you. I'm sorry. I yeah. Forgot. No, no. I, I got the information. I just... Uh, yes. I, I, I had a gig. I haven't been able to follow up, but I, I, think but I will. Gonna, I think you're going to dig it. I've been, I've been uh, looking for something like that for some time. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm going to give it a shot. Seinfeld. Because I have tried David. meditation, but just on my own, you yes. know, just like from things that I heard or, yeah. you know, somebody might say, oh, give this a shot. Yep. And uh, I got something out of it, but I really want to see if I can take it to a place of... Um, making it part of my my nutrition. Yeah, you can freestyle it to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing great. We're not running. Well, I don't feel pressed for time at all. Here's a, <laughs> here's a couple here's a couple weird questions. You and you can skip this one. You told Al Del Benny when he moved to L.A. It's like I feel like I'm testifying in court. <laughs> you told Al Del Benny. <laughs> you said move to L.A. This is a weird. This one. is what I said, Al. 
This is a weird one, and I'm quoting. Okay. So feel free to skip. Yep. Al, Why would I skip? I don't know. Who sk- do people skip? No. But sometimes I get a call a couple days later and they go, can you please take out that part where I said I fucked my mom as a ghost? People really want to remove stuff? It depends on who they are. Mm-hmm. The, co- the, co- oh, okay. the comedians I like the most uh, t- tend to not. Interesting. <laughs> Maybe we should take that out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the question is, <laughs> Al Delbeni was going to move from New York to Los Angeles. Okay. I was so interested in this. You said, Al, there are some things you're going to have to do when you get here. Yeah. Some of them you're going to like. Some of them you're not going to like. For the past six, seven years, I've been speculating on what you meant by that. That's interesting. I don't remember this conversation with Al. I, um, the speculation was I was like, uh, Al fixed his teeth. Uh, dyes his hair. You know what I mean? I, I'm not betraying anybody. Right. I'm wondering if it was that sort of stuff. Like, get your shit together. Exercise. Get some nicer clothes, you oh. weirdo. Because I want to hear. I want to hear that gross I dirt. See. I see. No, no. I think that. Um, I think. Again, I Al and I went through a long period of time where we didn't uh, talk. Al kind of. I don't know how much he told you, but Al Al had. Uh, you know, Al had uh, kind of checked out. You know, and comedy um, or life. I just know we hadn't talked for a, a good period of time. Mm. And, uh, you know, he just needed to do some things on his own. I'll, I'll say that. I'm not going to speak for Al. Like, he has obviously spoken for me many, many times with you. <laughs> um, uh, well, I'm, I've been interested. I will, no, no. I, I would be interested, too. And this yeah. is like, you know, this is the stuff we all talk about and ask questions sure. away from sure. each other. Sure. Um, because it is interesting to find out what, uh, how the hell somebody got to wherever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I don't think I meant it so much in terms of like you need to change your physicality, mm. but I think that um, – all right. I'll just say this. I think that Al is uh, – uh, he's, he's always struggled with um, being self-motivating. And I think that by saying to him at that time, I remember having these conversations and saying um, – you know, Al, you're going to have to do things you don't like to do. And some of the things that you don't want to do are coming to the clubs that you don't want to be at, hanging out maybe around certain nights okay. that you'd love to just do nothing. Um, I, you know, and again, cracking the whip. Uh, Al, start writing. You know, he's such a talented guy. Al's yeah. a very talented. He's a, he's, a, he's a great, you know, imagination. And, uh, and so I think that it was really my saying to him, like, when you get here, when you finally decide, we're not just hanging, mm-hmm. you know, this is a place of business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think I, it was one of many talks I've had with Al where I'm saying like, <coughs> you, know, you, you know, challenge yourself to do something that you're afraid to do, which is the work. Mm-hmm. And I hope I'm not overstepping, you know, I, again, I know Al shared but some things with a- you, but I think that he has always had a problem with uh, facing the work. I think he knows how talented he is and the potential and also good looking guy, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of fits into the, you know. He uh, he he fits into like all the things that you kind of want before somebody actually has like. But you got to be able to also fight for the things that you want. And people get out here and they don't they get scared to do but that. But that's advice that it, it, it goes way past. Yeah. That's why I I was, it wasn't like a less than zero moment. Where I was like, you got to do the blow. You got to <laughs> you got to do the nose candy. You got to do things that you, you got to suck a dick in an alleyway, Al. You gotta, and you gotta look up, and it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. It's my dick. <laughs> I told you, you, you gonna join the Illuminati? Uh, no, no. I think have was, you been approached by the Illuminati? It was. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've used their bathroom once, and I stayed for six and a half months. 
Uh, no, I think that it was really saying, you know, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta start doing things that are uh, away from your, mm. um, you know, uh, what is that? Uh, comfort zone. Comfort zone. Well, that that that's. I think that's valuable information. A lot of comics listen to the show, and yeah. when when I hear you saying that, I know that'll inspire. Yeah. People. Definitely not worth waiting seven years to hear the answer to, but that is the. <laughs> And Let's lower whole, those expectations. This whole time, therapy. I thought I had had my teeth whitened. <laughs> this whole time. Uh, let's see. I, I want to make sure I got everything. You should get your teeth whitened, though. I pro- <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, why do you do seven-hour shows? I'm kidding. That was one time. I know. You have the, you have the record? Never do it again. It's not a record. It's a Laugh Factory record. I love the way people just like, he broke a world record. No, the, it's some dude yeah. in England stood on stage for like 55 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I broke a Laugh Factory record. Oh, a Laugh Factory record. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's what not even, even a mean? thing. <laughs> <laughs> As I said it, I was like, that's not a thing. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I'm done, I'm done with my notes. Um, so let's end with some of my favorite things. Uh the, do you remember one of the hardest times you've laughed? It's one of my favorite questions. Oh, man. One of the hardest times that I have laughed. Ever. And if you think it won't make sense, I promise you it will. They always translate. <laughs> um, man. Uh, it's The thing is, you're probably asking for like the thing that made me laugh the hardest. Yeah. And I can't remember the specific thing, but I remember sitting at Bennigan's you. with... Uh, the whole gang, man. Patrice's and, uh, you know, it was like Patrice and Burr and, and everybody that was in it around that time. I don't want my money, Crystal! Those, that those, <laughs> that was a horrible Bill Burr impersonation, by the way. That was maybe, dead. That's, that's more Bill. No, 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 Dane is not, he's a guy! That's like, I'm capturing that's like essence. actually a good, bad Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> That's like a, it's like six degrees. Uh, that's yeah. Pete. I've interrupted your story. And I'm Work, fine. I'm no, fine. no, please, no, no. It. Uh, that's my bill. That's more like a uh, a parrot. <laughs> that's not even. <laughs> and uh, Gilbert Godfrey voiced a parrot. In that is Latin. actually yeah. That is true. <laughs> um, so you're with Bill. We, no, no. I just remember of those days sitting at Bennigan's and. Um, the amount of laughter that I, I remember leaving there on certain nights and that thing where you walk out the front door and go, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah. And it just really, those were some of the best laughs I've ever, I've ever had. And also, I think they were the most important to me because that was my first gang. That was my first gang of people that really uh, uh, invited me to the party, accepted me yeah. after all those years of looking for it. I finally belonged somewhere yeah. with a motley crew of nobodies yeah, a bunch that of pirates, made each other laugh. A bunch of pirates yeah, yeah. at Bennigan's. Mm-hmm. They were like the Goonies or something like that. Yeah. It was just sitting there and just trading ideas and jokes. And, and it was even before like comic... Uh, brutality towards each other the new york era of uh-huh. like how you got it's like part of it like smashing each other it was even before that it was just a real kind of genuine like yeah. uh novelty moment of like oh this is our job we get to all hang here late at night yes we don't have to wake up and so yeah. those laughs were even more like woo-hoo. carefree yeah the best it's a beautiful thing it's actually a perfect little full circle because thinking of you in that absurd way in junior high with the panic attacks and then finding Patrice and Bill Burr at a Bennigan's? There's something right. really redemptive about that. There was a lot of guys. You know, Some of them don't do it anymore. But we had a, a really great gang of comics in that uh, came at the – you know, the, the boom was over. The 80s, the big comedy boom was over. And we were like – we were the next guys. 
and we weren't going to make it like the same way the guys before us did because you, you, that, you, that right. era was over and we kind of knew it. Like, and we probably felt a little bummed about it in some ways at the time because it was like, oh man, I guess, uh, I guess the, the, because that boom or whatever is kind of dwindling. Yeah. Um, there it goes but it made it great because then it was our, it, then it was like our time. It Your was time. our gang. Because if we'd all come in five years sooner, I'm sure that all those incredible guys would have flicked us out of town one at a time. Who knows if we would have even had. Isn't it um, weird how that works out? Yeah. These things show up. When there's room for them, yes, and yeah. it, you could have been a year off or a year late. Yeah, I'm so glad that I was I was late. I'm yeah. glad that uh, I started when I did because also all those rooms that were once really packed were still existing and trying to hang on. So there was a lot right. of great. There was a lot of places to perform and get better at a time when we we were we were not good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you uh, come down from uh, those huge shows? That's my final question. I don't. You never do because I never go. I'm a performer who, when I take the stage, I'm in it. But I can I can tell you something that the almost the moment my foot steps off a stage, I'm off. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm very content to just be a regular guy. Like Patrice with the Buddha. My, my heart it might still be racing. My head is already um, not uh, not thinking in terms of I'm the, I'm the guy in the middle of the arena. Yeah, I, I, it's always been like that. Yeah. It sadly, you know, when I first started, I wanted it all the time. Yeah. It was like if I ever was going to chase highs, it was at the beginning of like, why can't I feel like this all the time? Yeah. But what I realized as years went by was, oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling badly when I, when I get off stage. I'm, 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 I'm just kind of like, uh, and it's not numb. It's, it's like uh, I can just kind of look at it and be like, those, I can see it and go, that was a good show. Like yeah, I can yeah, look yeah, at yeah. the schematics after and say like, hey, that that. That felt great. Yeah. But, uh, you know, let's have a dinner, a few, few people after, talk about, you know, whatever we want to talk about. And yeah. I, I love that. That's I like great. that. You know? Your gears aren't turning, going over every bit, what worked, what didn't work? Um, no, no. Especially not once it's at the point of, like, I'm bringing it out. And right. It's, then it's just all fun. The, the gears turning is tonight when yeah, I walk yeah, into yeah, the yeah. improv and I, like, you don't know that I'm working and I yeah. say one thing and then I leave and I go home and I, yeah. I'm like the therapist. You don't know that once you leave, he writes down a yeah, few yeah, little yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oedipus. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's when the, the, you know, my wheels are turning all day. Yeah. Now. I remember you said that at the improv. I was telling you that I had just done my hour and you were talking about how you love all of it. The reward, yeah. the planting, and the harvesting. Sure. I, I don't know, man. I, you're an inspiring fella, and I'm glad we got you. I'm glad you're uh, around. Pete, yeah, I, I've been uh, wanting to get here for a bit, so thanks for oh, having me. Oh, yeah, my here. pleasure. I'm so, I wouldn't wrap it up, but I, I got I to gotta fly to our... You know, I could always come back someday, Pete. I would love to have you back. Who knows? Maybe there'll be a camera in the room, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I think I like it. Let's put it up there. Let's go to MomWalk and put that up there. <laughs> MomWalks.net. <laughs> we, we have the guests at the end of the show say, keep it crispy. It just means... Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right, Pete. Everybody did it. You and Chelsea. See ya. You and Chelsea. Oh wait, no, no, she did it. She didn't uh, do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> it's only good if I was the only guy who didn't do it. And you know what? Because then that that's uh, that's lending itself to you know you got to keep the haters hating. You always got to give. Them a, I've been talking about that on stage yeah, lately. Yeah, it's yeah. like they're they're good for business. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they keeps they, a little buzz out there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They keep things. You pop. know, Dane didn't say keep it crispy. I love it. <laughs> I love those guys. They don't know. They're like walking billboards. Your teacher, Moss, kept it very crispy, if that helps you at all. That's, yeah. that's very crispy. I would like to say it. So what do you want me to say? Just say keep it crispy. Hey. <laughs> keep it crispy. <laughs> you really threw into it, and I like that. Thanks so much, man. Thank you, man. It's you great it. to see you. All right. <laughs> Hanging long down in Memphis on my
Now leaving Nerdist.com. 